Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome, people, to episode 232 of At Dune the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. And this week, we have a regular show. Uh, we are recording at the... the previous regular time we used to record that we're a little bit more kind of um nothing fair about when we record now just because of course because of my work to be honest um which is very nice of Ian to, to kind of to feed the podcast in terms of when i can kind of get time away and bits like that um but also we've got one main review we've got trailer chat we've got a few questions and we've got some what we've been watching so it is in essence a regular show which feels like months since last time we did one of these kind doesn't of it does. yeah kind of does yeah, so we're going to chat. Um, there was quite a few bits out this week, or a few. There was actually a few things out this week, wasn't there? Um, but Ian sort of said we should really do only the brave because it's basically Mark Nip, yeah. which it, it, it kind of is, isn't it? It's um, yeah, it is. It very much is, and we'll get into that uh, and the reasons for that. Uh, also, I think it has. It, it, it's. It turns out that it's actually going to be, a, I think, a really interesting chat on this film, the context of the film, and everything around the film. Surprisingly, actually, yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't super, super... It was more, I'm seeding this one to Mark, because I know he's going to want to see this, so I was happy yeah. to. I would have happily chatted Killing Him a Secret Deer, I would have happily chatted Paddington too. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it's it's all good. I don't expect Mark to go and see Paddington too by himself. Um and you know, I, I only the brave. Well, yeah, like you say, we'll get into it. But there's there's some stuff to talk about. Yes. Um, so, yeah, right. Well, is there is there anything happened in the movie world that we should discuss um, before we get into trailer chat? Well, I'll, I'll just talk about the Patreon real real briefly. So, um, yeah. patrons would have heard us actually live discussing this. Um, yeah. So we're introducing a couple of things uh, to the the Patreon. Um, first off. Um, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you'll get the show two days early, um, which I, you know, I kind of think is only really fair if, if people are actually paying for the show that they, they can get it a bit earlier. So, you know, that is what it is. But also yeah. um, the kind of the off mic stuff that we talk about before the show starts, because we usually talk for like 10, 15 minutes before we even start recording. Uh, before yeah, we, we start do. the show. So um, we're going to like include that kind of stuff as well as like a. You, you, you kind of called it a behind the scenes kind of thing, and I suppose it is that. So, but there's there's some talk about poo, um, <laughs> and uh, a t- some talk about the edited bits from last week's show. Also, um, just slight tangent. Must apologise for the misnumbering of last week's show. Oh, and the fact that we said part one, they didn't do a part two. Um, it like it, life got in the way for for Mark as um, as it does do. His do any of your employees listen to this? Probably not. Probably not. All right, fine. I'm I'd say not. No, I say it. <laughs> um, his employees kind of fucked him over last week, and um, a little bit, yeah. Shame on him. Uh, so everybody can blame Mark's employees for uh, their not being a part two last week. Um, so, but to be fair, I was on holiday as well, and you know, Donna had very kindly said, yeah, said yes, you could take an hour and a half out to record, but. You know, it was nice to kind of add the time with the family instead. So, you know, it wasn't really the end of the world, but it was also best laid plans of mice and men, I suppose. So apologies. Uh, also on the Patreon, Mark's got some stuff coming up this week. I I am yep. going to fucking do the Apu trilogy this week. Mark, what are you doing? 
What am I doing? Uh, I've got uh, another movie memories in there. Um, I've got uh, movie chat of the day, which is something I'm going to do uh, where I'm basically going to chat any movie stories that I've read that day uh, whilst okay. driving to the cinema. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I just thought, you know what? It's a, it's a good thing. Cause I, cause on my day off... Um, I, I, I try to go to the cinema, whether or not, it, it, usually it's to try and go to the podcast, but sometimes it's just because I enjoy going to the cinema as well. Um, so on my day off, I'll, I'll look at it and go, right, well, that's playing at like half nine in the morning. I'll, I'll fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go and see that. But I also will, what I'll do is I'll drop Bex off at work and then I'll come home, have a, have a coffee and I'll sit and I'll, I'll actually read some movie news stuff because usually I don't get time. And then I'll kind of think about it and I'll think, ooh, I'll talk to I'll talk to Ian about that next time I get next time we're on the cast. And by the time it gets around to his podcast recording, I've completely fucking forgotten. Okay. So I'm basically going to do that and kind of do it like once a week where I'll just chat whatever the news has been. Might be that day, it might be that week or anything like that. And it will literally just be unedited rambling and probably me going, some penis has just fucking pulled out in front of me. Or nice. saying hello to a dog, <laughs> which I frequently do. Very good. Very good. Um, <laughs> quite looking forward to that, actually. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, what what movie news was? That? Well, I mean, there was this fucking thing that bloody um, it kind of got people chatting, even though it was a story where, in the story itself, they said they had talks, but then nothing happened. So this is the the the, the scuttlebutt of Disney buying. Fox's kind of entertainment yeah. business. So, which, you know, generated loads of discussion. But literally, if you read any of the articles, it said the talks aren't actually happening at this time. It was discussed. You yeah. know, I, I, I don't know. It's like me fucking saying I was thinking of having spaghetti bolognese, but I had a cottage pie instead. It's not news. Yeah, it it's literally is that. It, it's not news. It's. Someone suggested this, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if it actually comes up in the future and if it's actively being discussed, cool. Have a chat about it at that point. It, it does almost feel a little bit like someone went, can someone just put out a story where somebody isn't jerking off? And they've gone, yeah, um, Disney buying Fox. What, is that a story? It might be. Yeah, Brilliant. I mean, there is a bit Brilliant. of a whiff of that, to be fair. You know, uh, uh, just trying to distract away from fucking everybody in Hollywood being a dick, mm. um, which we all knew anyway. Um, yeah, not, maybe not, maybe not in that way, but yeah, you know, I mean, it was interesting. It was um, I saw somebody tweeting the other day about how it shows, you know, when we say we love X actor, we love Y actress, maybe we should start make, like separating. The person well, that don't work. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Well, no, you don't love them. You love. Yeah, you love their work. Which, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's it. It's interesting. It does. All this does show that people in Hollywood live in a different world from other people. No matter how down to earth you you that, that they can seem. You know, it, it's. I mean, it was interesting. I was reading. Um, there's there's a, an interview with Adam Driver in in the latest GQ. And um, yeah, he, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a fucking interesting guy, that guy. Yeah. And he's he straight up admits like in it 
I live a charmed life, but I have to try and seem down to earth, but mm. I'm not. You know, well, doesn't he? Doesn't he come from? He comes from a not a, 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 not a wealthy family, but a fairly well-off family. And he actually, he did, I, I'm, I'm, I might be talking absolute bobbins here, but I'm pretty sure he decided when he was like 20, 21 that uh, he'd lived quite a charm life and he should give something back. So joined the fucking Marines and did like tours in Afghanistan. No, he, I, I don't think he ever actually got deployed. Um, did he never get he, deployed? He, he broke his sternum, um, and so he was medically discharged. Ah, right. Um, and he just does do something. Yeah, he, he like he, he was basically, I want to give something back to my country, and so he decided to do that. Um, but yeah, like it was a medical thing, so you know, it, it, it wasn't that he, apparently it wasn't that he wanted to go. It was he was medically discharged. Um, like, and then, like, and then like I think he went to school for the performing arts after that. Sorry. Yeah, like Shaggy. What? It wasn't him. Yeah, what? but no, Shag, Shaggy used to be in the Marines, but he was medically discharged. Really? Yeah, yeah, Shaggy was a Marine. I like Shaggy because he basically <laughs> has come out and said he'll pop up every five years or so, do a song that just earns him enough money that he can just go back to his island. Yeah, and then that's just it. Cu- and then just comes back when he's run out of money. That, 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 that's, that's it. it, it it's, a, it's a wonderful system to use to go, do you know what? Yeah. I'll, I, bet, I bet you Shaggy fucking loves Spotify. Oh, can you imagine? I, I bet. I bet he just fucking. I bet he loves it. But he just looks at it and goes, two hundred and forty-five thousand listens yesterday. Hey, do you know what? This is good. This is awesome. That all wedding DJs now just use Spotify and an iPod. It's <laughs> a good shout. That it is. That's it. He just fucking coins it, and you can't. You can't blame him at all. It was like. Uh, the, the company that used to own, remember Littlewoods that used to be around all around when we were kids, like yeah, yeah. stores and the, what is it, and everything like that. That was owned by the Moores family. And it literally just disappeared overnight, didn't it? Like, literally yeah, I mean, just it, went. It's just, like, it's mail order now, but there used to be stores we, all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, what happened with that, with the stores and things like that, is the Moores family literally had a figure that they said once they'd earned this much money, that was <laughs> it. They were stopping. <laughs> and when they hit that figure and people went, and went, oh, you're not really going to get rid of it. And they went, yeah, and they, they, they did. They just got rid of it. Gave everyone really good redundancies, so everyone was really well uh, remunerated for it. And just did well. Went, 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 you know what? We, we we did it to get rich, so that we didn't have to work, not to continue getting more rich. Oh, so, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I thought that, that's 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 that, that's the way to do it. Not this fucking more money, more power bullshit. Just earning up and then go fuck this shit. I'm off. But. Oh God! What were we even talking about? I mean, it's a good story, but fuck. Um, so we were yeah. talking about Disney and Fox. <laughs> yeah, okay, Disney and Fox. Fucking who knows what's happening? But apparently, like Fox, um, Fox are looking into buying Time Warner, and it's all being seen as a bit of a. It, are they just putting that, that out there so that like, them, there's they are in a position where it might be more of Time Warner might be more amenable, and it's like fucking whatever, like. That's it. Disney, Disney are trying to essentially corner the movie market. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the because there was that thing as well that um, you know they've said that Ryan Johnson is going to be doing a whole trilogy of Skywalker, thus Star Wars films, 
which is fine, by the way. If the Skywalker saga wants to end at episode nine, that's fine. Um, but they were also saying that they're going to be making like um, a Star Wars TV show exclusively for a Disney streaming service. Um, and mm. I mean, it, it I mean, that feels a little feels a little bit like. Right. That's when you're going to put you, you you've put too much on the fucking plane and it's going to start to fucking crash. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, like their streaming service at the moment, Disney Life, we use that at home. Mm. It's four ninety nine a month, which is, you know, substantially cheaper than Netflix. Not nearly as flexible as Netflix, in fairness. Like the, the iPad app has not worked on our iPad for I don't know how long. It was like there was an update and then it just fucking crashes every single time you stick something on. But it's basically all that gets watched through our Apple TV because Lottie just watches it constantly. But the thing is, it's it's very kiddie in the interface but it's got a lot of like the more kind of like grown up in 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 um, speech marks Disney film um, kind of Disney and Touchstone films as well. Um, oh, so it's got Touchstone stuff on there as well. Yeah, yeah. So like I don't know, like Sweet Home Alabama, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, too. That comes to my straight. John Carter's on there as well, which yeah. isn't Touchstone, but it's like more grown up Disney. So um, it, it, I, I, I'm assuming they'll be kind of adapting this into their streaming platform. And I was reading an interview um, in, I, I, I think it was on Business Insider, um, about, uh, about this. And uh, Bob Iger, the Disney CEO, was basically saying, you know, he wants to take all this content to their platform and undercut Netflix. And, that, and you know, they've, they've got the muscle to do it. So if Disney have got Star Wars, Marvel, Disney properties, if they bought 20th Century Fox's film output as well, you know, fucking hell. There's, I mean, and obviously they, they could buy the rights to stream other things as well. You know, the, Netflix are really going to have to where I don't, some essential original content. Where I don't trust Disney with this is, it's all very well and good them saying they're going to undercut. But historically, for home media, Disney have never un- undercut fuck all. It was Disney who bumped up the, the, the price of VHS from twelve ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine. It was Disney who bumped up the price of DVDs. It was Disney who bumped up the price of Blu-rays. They they always fucking do this. And once it, it, it could be, it wouldn't surprise me. Once they've got it all, and they've got it all in the palm of the hand, they go, "Well, do you know what? Netflix is nine ninety nine. We could charge seven ninety nine, but we could also charge." 12.99 and say well actually yeah we are more expensive but look at how much more we've got mm. and that's it me, me and actually no we're actually discussing this and saying there's the system at the moment is nice at the moment but how long is it going to be before you have to have disney netflix and amazon and all three of them are 12 quid so you've got 36 pounds and then if you want to add sky into that you're looking at well over a hundred quid, yeah. Every month for the, for these things, and it it it's at that point that it starts to all start to fucking shake, and it'll be a whoever blinks first kind of deal. No, I mean, which and I, I, I think that competition's good. It's just if any of the competition does go by the wayside, then that's certainly a dangerous thing. Yeah, 
but all of them currently are rich enough to not. No, I mean that's that that's the thing. I mean, I think it would. I, it's just how many streaming platforms can you have? Like, that's it. Literally, we have Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney Life. But the thing is, Amazon Prime it's primarily for Prime delivery. Um, so that's almost a, 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 just not a factor. And Disney Life is a fiver a month. It used to be nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. I remember when it came out. Like I did the first month's free trial, and I was like, I'm not paying a tenner a month for this. As soon as it dropped down to a fiver, it was like, yeah, that's worth it. You know. The thing is, I, I, I use um, I use Prime a lot more for, for video now, and especially since the um, the app on the PS4 has been updated, and it's a really nice interface now. Uh, okay, that's good to know. Uh, whereas it used to be like it used to be like shit, but it's a really it's it, it's it's not too dissimilar to the interface it had before but it just looks a lot crisper and it runs a lot crisper and it looks a lot classier it, it, mm. it feels nicer to use whereas the last one i think we described it as looking a little bit clunky and a little bit tacky uh, so I, I used to use that quite a lot now for what is it and as soon as it goes on, 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 onto um, apple tv it'll probably get used as much as netflix supposed to be by but, the end of the year but with netflix as well um i think a, a, a sort of a complaint and it, it's a it's an absolute bullshit complaint but it is still a complaint that i have of it occasionally where when i'm scrolling for stuff is it doesn't get new non-netflix stuff often enough that's decent hmm. which part of that is i already watch fucking shitloads so it probably does it's just i go well i've fucking seen that it's not that it doesn't get things decent it just gets it doesn't get as much things that i want to watch which is such a fucking Pissy pain in the ass, fucking whiny bitch comment to make. But well, I'm no, still gonna I mean, make it a little bit. But, no, but then, I, mean, I, but then it, I opened it um, a minute ago and looked at it, and it, it, they've added a lot of new stuff um, this week in the past few days. And I looked at it and went, "All right, well, you know, I can." I can get on board with some of these things. You know, they've had Major League, La La Land's gone on there, Ace Ventura's gone on there. And these aren't amazing films, but I'm looking at going, do you know what? I will watch that. Yeah, no, 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 quite. I mean, it, I it just... Netflix's algorithms are really fucking weird, though, because, I mean, like, at the moment, I've just opened up the Netflix app on my phone, and the thing that it's spotlighting is Blazing Transfer Student Season 1. Which it's apparently some sort of Japanese. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. Yeah, that that's second in my what is it? My thing that's across the top is Lady Dynamite, which I, I, I season two. I don't give a shit. Um, but what else? But also, well, it, there should be written into the Netflix algorithm that the same film can't crop up in more than three of their little breakdown things, because you can scroll through something and go. Right, for a start off, that's not an action-adventure. Why is it in action-adventure, comedy, thrillers, and films with a strong female lead? Why is it in all of those categories? No, quite. The thing is, what we need... Right, in the US... What a fucking tangent this is. In the US, Apple have an app called TV, where as long as the content provider like kind of signs in for it... Essentially, you can search any, any 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 piece of content through this Apple TV app, and it will let you play essentially play it whether it's on Netflix, um, 
Hulu, fucking cable provider, whatever in the US. It's not in the UK yet. It's supposed to be over here soon. I fucking need that just so I can have one interface that I go to. I've got my Prime subscription. I've got my Disney Life subscription. I've got my fucking iTunes movies. I've got my Netflix subscription. I can just go, right, find me this. And it just says, yeah, just play it. And it will just then kind of auto play through whatever app it is. Yeah. So I don't have to go trawling through for all the fucking apps to find the thing that I want to watch. It's just, right, there it is. Can I stream it? Do I have to fucking rent it? Is it just not, un- is it just not available? And that, that's the thing. This ecosystem of competing apps makes it fucking so, and first world problem, but the first world is where we live. Yeah. Um, first, it, just having to fucking go through all the, the, the different apps, such a pain in the ass. And, and you yeah. know, and I, I don't know. And it's like cheeky things as well. Like I, I wanted to watch Paddington this week, the, the first one. I wanted to put it on velocity. And, um, you know, in the opening credits for, uh, for it, it says, in association with Amazon Prime Instant Video. Is it mm. is the first Paddington on Prime at the moment? Nope. Is it on Netflix? Nope. So I had to buy it on iTunes for seven ninety nine. The fucking day after, the day after, it's down to four ninety nine on iTunes. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's... Oh. Well, that's that's it. There's a few kind of little minor grumbles I have. I, I can often, but they're gonna. I, I watch silly things. Let's be honest. Um, and I do, and I free admit, and I hold my fucking hands up and say, I, I, I watch some crap, and I'm going to talk about some bit later. Um, nice. But like, I'll go on, on iTunes and go, oh, fancy watching blah blah blah. Not there. And like right now, I really really want to watch Zodiac, the director's cut, oh. and it's not on itunes so i'm gonna have to buy it on fucking blu-ray because I, I i just i want to watch zodiac the director's cut i've, I've um, literally you might have seen this before i used to do once a month i would tweet warner brothers is yeah. um a, a twitter account saying can you please put zodiac director's cut out on itunes it literally is it, it is i will i will admit that itunes is a better format and i remember i'm a fully itunes convert uh, I've bought two films this week, and I'll tell you about them later. One of them is a, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the other one. I'm not fine with, but I bought it anyway. Uh, and yeah, fucking hell, I'm an idiot. Let's just say that. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but as soon as Zodiac Director's Cut goes in there, I will go. Do you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's taken over. It's better than Blu-ray. Fuck it. There we go. Do you know what? That's so fucking weird. That is my one. <laughs> That's my one thing as well. It, actually, no, two. That and Studio Ghibli films. They're creepy on a little bit, I think, aren't they? Yeah, like The Red Turtle um, is, is on iTunes, um, and uh, which which is technically... It was released under the Studio Ghibli banner over here, and it's got iTunes extras on it mm. as well. Um, but, you know... how? I mean, it must be some sort of licensing thing, but how the fuck is, like... Princess Mononoke and My Neighbor Totoro not on iTunes yet. I have no idea. It's fucking stupid. I mean, there, there are there are two like Prime Studio Ghibli films on iTunes at the moment. Uh, the Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, yeah, which technically wasn't a Ghibli, uh, Ghibli film. No, but it's uh, it, it had released from the Ghibli now. Uh, yes, it is now, and it, it's released through Studio Canal. We have the rights to Ghibli over here and yeah. Grave of the Fireflies. Which seems odd. Yeah. It's like, of all the 
of all the Ghibli films you're going to do, you're going to do the one which is one of the most depressing films I've seen in my fucking life. Yes, it is. It, 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 it's a horrible film. It is an it, it, it's, it's a brilliant watch. film. Yes, but it's not hard for watching two kids slowly die. Yeah. You know, and 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 yet that is on there. So I, I just I don't I don't get the logic. But I, it's just we're so close. We're so close to just going right. Fuck it, done. But they are just those little gaps, like Zodiac director's cut, which I am waiting until it's on iTunes. I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray, even though I could probably buy it real cheap. I'm waiting to buy it on fucking iTunes because I want to, like, I just, it's an OCD thing. I don't want to have to insert a disc anymore. I can't be asked. I I don't. I get really fucking pissed off if someone's taken FIFA out of the PS4 and put something else in. And literally the other day it went, this is fucking bullshit. (laughs) And all I had to do, quite literally, was lean forward, (laughs) press eject, get get the disc which was next to the player and put it in. And my exact words were, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> you just, oh, you just spend... I, felt, I felt myself going, you complete cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, it's so it's so fucking weird. Like, my, my tune has changed so much. But it just, it's, 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 pra- it is practicality over quality, even though 4K Apple TV looks really fucking good. So, yep. you know, that, it is what it is. But fuck, man. Should we talk some trailers? Trailers? Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus trailers. Jesus Christ. What, what, have you, what have you seen? Um, so, okay. Uh, quickly go through this. So, uh, the post, the uh, trailer for the new Spielberg, which um, comes out yeah. in early January over here. Um, you know, it looks like it's going to be very, very self-serious. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I really like Lincoln. I was in my top ten that year. I'm pretty sure I remember that mm. being the case. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly ready for this to be in that as well. If, if, if that film works enough, it, it, it just, it does seem very worthy. Um, but we'll see. It, 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 it does from the, I, I hope it's not the case with the actual film and I very much doubt it's the case with the actual film, but a little bit in the trailer, it does look a little bit like Meryl Streep's wandering around, not saying a, a lot. And then every time they sort of camera moves away from it, she goes, have I been nominated for an Oscar for this yet? And they're going, you will be now, it'll be fine. Like, okay, cool. We're going to look around here and let Tom do all the work. And Oscar speech. And it does look a little bit like that. But then again, it's the same thing with Hanks. It does seem a little bit like, like it's going to trick you and they're not actually going to be the major stars of it. It's going to be the supporting cast. But they're just going to throw that at people and go, look, Meryl Streep and Tom fucking Hanks in a Spielberg movie. How many nominations is this going to get and then not win anything? <laughs> yeah, that is, that's, a, that's actually a pretty good shout, I think. Um, that, that, that's it. I mean, don't be wrong. It, it, will, it will probably be, be very good. But, you see, I'm about to say something that I'm about to disagree with what I'm about to say. But will it be biting enough? Well, yeah, it might be because he's got form for being biting. You know, Schindler's List was biting. Um, Munich was biting. But then he also did the BFG recently, and Bridge of Spies was good, but was it biting? No, not really. So yeah. I'm a little bit... It seems that we're going to get a soft version of a film that somebody else might have made a harder version of, but it might not have been as good a film. I don't know, my, my 
my one thing I would say is that apparently he put this together very quickly and just because he kind of felt like it was something that needed to be said in our times and he apparently put ready like the post-production of ready player one on hold so that he could knock this out and i think that when spielberg is in that mode is is he yeah when his mindset in gear he he can produce some fucking great stuff yeah i mean like you you look at munich and war of the worlds you look at uh, jurassic park and schindler's list which fucking Schindler's List. I've still never seen Schindler's List, and I really must. But um, have you not? It's, no. I, I think the I thing is, it, I, I might before the post actually. The thing is, I, I can absolutely see why you have not seen Schindler's List because it's not a film that you would go. I want to sit down and watch Schindler's List because it's, it, because you already know going in. Oh, this is going to be deeply unpleasant, isn't it? This is going to make me angry, cry, and just feel just what the fuck is wrong with everybody and at the moment what you don't need is more what the fuck is wrong with everybody yeah no i mean i I do wonder if it i I don't know if it's a message that we just need to we do just need to fucking grit our teeth and bear with at the moment so yeah i mean i I think i might before before the post there's i don't know there's there's a lot of spielberg i want to rewatch. there's a lot of spielberg i haven't seen as well and it is you know the color purple um i've never seen amistad i've never seen so it, it Oh, Amistad's good but not great. Yeah, Amistad which is, feels which is Amistad puts me off. Feels like a film where he started making it and then halfway through it went, I don't really know what I'm making. Mm. <laughs> but I mean with 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 the pose though, I mean it that's it, it kind of feels like it's like energized Spielberg. Yeah. And you know, so and and the, the, the thing is, I mean, like I say, Lincoln, I thought I, I think I'll rewatch Lincoln as well. Lincoln is a terrific film. Um, it is. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go there. Um, so, uh, I also watched the uh, trailer for, um, I, Tonya, uh, which, Oh yeah. And I, it looks interesting. Um, I, it looks I, interesting. I, I didn't think it was going to be that much of a comedy though. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was listening to, um, uh, a podcast last week where they were talking about I, Tonya, and some of them were saying that it, it's fantastic. And Margot Robbie should, should be in serious contention for the Oscar. And then there was one of them saying it basically takes the piss out of flyover state people. And then in the last mm. 20 minutes says, Oh, but they're actually good people. And I very much do worry about the laughing at those people aspect of the film. Yeah. Um, so you know we'll see but I mean Margot Robbie like the physical transformation she's done in that, it, it, for it fair fucking play to her absolutely um, yeah so uh, but yeah we'll see um, okay uh, Fifty Shades Freed oh fucking yes <laughs> so barely looks like it's got a plot yep um, it, do you know what it, it's a two, right? it's a two and a half minute trailer and how messy is it I know. Imagine what the film's going to be like. I know. It's going to be um, fucking spectacular. It's three Uh, films thrown together as one. And I don't mean like the three films that have already made. I mean, that one film looks like it's three different films that just have the same cast. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait. I'm going to be there again for the third film running, first fucking show in New York. And I am going to make more people feel uncomfortable by going, you're right. <laughs> to, to groups of just, just large groups of women in their mid 40s and me going, 
could be good this, isn't it? Yeah, that's how we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a new trailer for the Disaster Artist, which looks fantastic. But there you go. It's out in a few weeks. I'm really glad that's out before Christmas. Yeah, um, I, 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 I want that to just kind of. I, I wish. I just want to see it now. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, okay. Uh, and I think yeah, my last one. Um, game night. Yes, I, I was. I was hoping you were going to say this because this is my last one as well. Um. <laughs> I like the look of it. I'm for it, man. That bit where Jesse Plemons is like, "Why don't you come in?" And then <laughs> he, he just disappears away into the darkness. Like, yeah, I, that. I yeah, I I, I I don't know. I'm up for that. I mean, basically, what looks like a comedic version of the game. Yeah. Why not? Well, and the thing is, there's there's a bit in it where um, somebody mentions um, Rachel McAdams having a nice ass. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I and I I was watching the trailer with Becky, and I went, "To be fair, she was like cracking ass." Becky just kind of looked at me, and I was like, "Shit!" I said that out loud. <laughs> she just went, "Didn't mean to say that out loud, did you, sweetheart?" I was like, "Nope, nope, did not mean to say that one out loud." <laughs> to be fair, she does have a cracking ass. Becky went, "I'll let you off." Like, Thank you. <laughs> Well, you know, your your wife's not got the worst bottom in the world herself. So. No, no, not at all. So, yeah, so, yeah she, she's quite understanding. Plus, she keeps on going to the fact that she can't wait to see Justice League um, because of the Jason Momoa, isn't it? So, oh. Oh. I, was like, I was like, I know. She's like, no, it doesn't work if you do it back. I went, but oh. he is a fucking handsome man, though, isn't he? He's a strapping guy. Oh, he is a strapping young lad, that one. He, he, he looks like he'd be a fucking great pint. Oh, can you fucking can you imagine? Yeah. My God, the adventure I, you'd have with him. I, I I imagine that if 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 we went out on the pace with Jason Momoa, at one point we would be walking from one bar to another, and he would have me under one of his arms. Uh, you'd wake up the next day on a fishing boat. <laughs> you, you would, you would, you would. To him, just going, this is fucking crazy. When in Turkey. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. Yeah, just, um, You're like, what? What? How are we getting back? You're like, I don't know. I don't know, but I have I have some mead and some rum, so we appear to have gone back in fucking time as well. Yeah, 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 no, oh, my God. You've just <laughs> gone around the circumference of the earth with him so fast that you've turned back yeah. time. And you've got you've got a, just a really big bruise on your arm from every time you finish he's saying something, so he slaps you on the arm and walks away, and you're like... He's so fucking strong. <laughs> oh. oh, I hope Justice League is all right. And so far, everyone seems to be going, it's not shit. It's not good. But it's not shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, yeah, well, quite. 40 minutes into the podcast, should we get on to our first main review? <laughs> fucking hell. It's going to be a long one. Um, this yeah, is what happens with a normal show. Cool. I, I, I'm glad to say that I, I've watched a lot for what you've been watching, but not much of it is worth spending too much fucking time talking about. Okay. Cool. Um, Only the Brave. Um, it's directed by um, Joseph Kaczynski, um, and it stars Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, Jeff Bridges, James Badgedale, Taylor Kitsch in an and Taylor Kitsch, uh, and, and, and you get halfway through it and go, Holy shit, that's Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and Jennifer Connolly, uh, plus a, quite a few other kind of I recognise him from something people um, in there. It is well, right. It is um, the story of the Granite Mountain um, hotshots uh, and the Yarn um, Hill fire. Um, I'll be honest. I went into it thinking that it was about just majoritively the um, Yarnell Hill fire uh, and that that disaster. And we're going to be all spoilers all the time, but also it is based upon a true story. Um, and I went into it thinking it was mostly about that and then was quite surprised to find that actually it's not mostly about that. It is mostly about how they got to that place, I suppose, would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, um, so, mm. right, Ian, uh, we'll get more into the story because there is actually quite a lot of story, but yeah, also as well, yeah. So what what did you think of, of, of Owning the Brave? Yeah, okay, so I didn't know anything um, about the true life stuff um, going in. Right, that, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, did, did, right, film, did you know nothing? Did you know, did you know the... the and again, guys, we're I all the time. Did you know the end? In, no, no, no. How, how it ended? Literally, right. Literally, I, I, I did. Okay, so that's quite enough. interesting. It'll be interesting when we get to that bit to find out how we reacted to that bit. Yeah. Okay. So no, quite. Yeah. So through the film, I'm thinking this isn't quite as men fighting fires and being brave as as I thought it was going to be, and it's like. Yeah. Okay, they're dealing with these fires, and they're kind of like they're they're holding their line, and they're doing their jobs, and you know, no one's getting hurt, no one's getting killed, and you know, all oh, that one is 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 a bit doubtful because he's he's had a kid and he's got the responsibilities, and oh fuck, okay, is he gonna die? And it's like he goes off to the lookout. It's like no, no, he's okay, he's okay, and then all the other guys are like standing around having a joke in a chat and then Josh Brolin's like right then guys how do you feel about going down there yeah 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 cool yeah five minutes later they're all dead oh fuck mm. wow wow okay no wonder it wasn't an action packed backdraft esque romp yeah um, so it's this really 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 respectful drama um, which is solidly made, has the odd interesting visual, and has really good performances. But I'd be lying if I didn't want there to be a bit more oomph to it, though I understand why there's not. It, the film is caught between a rock and a hard place, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can absolutely um, see that. It, it, it's... It's a film where it's really interested in the fact that it's it's not the film the trailer makes it out to be. Not which in is the no problem. slightest. Which is no problem because um, do you remember the trailers for The Road that made it look like an action film? Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. when you actually got there, you realised that every single piece of action in the film is in the trailer mm. and the rest of it is a depressing fucking guy and his not quite their son walking into oblivion yeah it's yeah it's it, the road is a horrible movie it's a fantastic movie but it's a horrible movie whereas underbreath isn't 
it isn't a an action film. It it it's a character film. It's it and and it spends an awful lot of time, essentially, building towards basically getting you to know these characters and getting you to form a relationship with these characters, so that essentially, when you get to the end of it, it hits you a little bit more. Um, and I, 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 like I said, I, I, I knew about the story. Um, and so I, I, I knew what happened. Mm. And when they're doing that, and he, and he says, and then they're all saying, you know, are we going to fucking go and do what we're waiting to do or, or not? Why is he waiting? To, to, the, the people saying to James Badgedale, the other other um, say to James Badgedale that, and, jo, and Josh Brolin's sort of looking at going, right, right, let's go, come down here. And they're walking into it and they're going it under all the, the blankets and I'm there thinking, ah, oh, fuck, shit. And, I, and I'll be honest, I was, it, it got me. It really fucking got me. I was, it was from there till, until the moment just after um, Miles Teller character walks into the, the gymnasium and then walks straight back out. I, I was a little bit kind of, I, I, I was quite teared up actually. It, it kind of fucking hit me because it, it what it did do was it, it almost, cause it's, a, it's a long film as well. It's two hours 20, roughly. Yeah. Um, is, it almost acts a little bit like a miniseries and it maybe would have benefited from being a miniseries, but I just don't think as many people would have watched it as if it's a film, which is a strange thing. I think it, it could have been either and might've been better or worse as both. Um, in that, but no one tries to steal focus in the film. No, quite. But, I would like to have spent more time with Josh Brolin and Jennifer Connelly's characters. Yeah. I would like to have spent more time with Miles Teller and his thing that was going on, yep. especially once him and Taylor Kitsch kind of become bosom buddies and then it kind of springs forward like eight months and they've gone from being not really getting on and not really liking each other to being like essentially like a, like a weird couple. <laughs> oh, no. Um, like that, and that, that can't is actually like that the, the time cut is actually really really good as well the old yeah. um, you know you can stay with me for for a bit and then what is it nine months later yeah and, and, and it, 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 he comes in and, and, and delicate is wrapping like fucking bubble wrap around all the corners and everything because it's the first time that not that he's that, that miles teller's having the baby over the first time they're having her over yeah 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 <laughs> Um, and obviously, I'd like to spend more time with Jane Bagdale because I, I said this to Ian on the WhatsApp uh, when we had a, a brief kind of like thing about it. Um, he, he is quietly one of the best actors working today uh, as a character actor. He's fantastic. And at, at some point, everyone's going to go, fuck hell, James Bagdale. He's, he, he's doing the John Hawks thing. Just mm. just going through without many people noticing, but cropping up in fucking lords, and then all of a sudden he's going to be stood with a best supporting actor Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that, and I think he's fine with that because and he's he's always pretty good. It's, it's quite. I think what what a great thing that makes a great character actor is when sometimes the name appears in the cast, but you're going, which one is he? <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, it's him. Oh, there he is. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, Taylor Kitsch is like that. You know, he's gone from being, you know, the big, strapping, handsome guy in things to being this character in this. And it feels like he's almost gone. Do you know what? I got so burned by John Carter that I can't be fucked with doing that shit anymore. Yeah. I, can't, I don't want to be an action star. I can't be fucked with it. I'm just going to go off and do this. I'll let Chris Pine do the character actor and action star and movie star thing. I'm just, I'm fine. I'm going to go off and I'm going to do shit that I want to do. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, but it, it, it's the character bits that work. But then again, I do enjoy the bits where there's action and they're fighting fucking fires. Yeah, no, quite. I mean, that, that, that's the thing. The action stuff when it, when it is there is, is good and it's shot well and it looks good. I mean, it's Claudio Miranda doing, um, doing the cinematography and he's no fucking slouch. Um, mm. uh, and it, it, I, I don't know. It just, could it, could there be a bit more action? Could there be a bit more character? I think if there was more, more of one or the other or both, I think it would have been a better overall experience. And, yeah, just the whole thing with um, Josh Brolin's character, it turns out he was a former like addict and stuff like that. And mm. that kind of feels dropped in there. And it's like, okay, it makes sense why he's, why he's reacting like that. Um, and, and then it's like, oh, and she was as well. Okay, that's interesting. And But then they don't really explore that. And I, 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 I don't know. I would have liked more there. Um, yeah, it, it, it does. It does feel like it, it does feel like it, it's pretty open about the characters and their flaws and everything. So it's not. But also, maybe they just they don't want to. They don't want to go too far into the the ickiness of people's it, past. That's the thing. I don't think they want to offend anybody's families. That, that's it. Because essentially. You know these people a, aren't there to defend themselves, and I don't think it would be. I don't think that it, by going into the um, the more icky, I think is the, the best way I can describe sure. it. Sure. Um, the, of the, of the, their characters pass would be an attack on them, but I think that they're just going. Hang on a minute, I, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to show you. It, and, and I think the way it's done, I think the way Kaczynski does it is very well. It's very well done uh, filmically. It, it, it's fantastic. We're literally going to show you the fact that they've died in a horrible way. It just feels like that maybe they've gone, we need to tread very fucking carefully here. And, um, and, and, and that, that's, and, and that's the, the, I suppose that's the issue with the film is that they do, and you completely 100% understand why they have to tread carefully. And of course yeah. they have to tread carefully, but it doesn't, make it it doesn't make it super cinematic which which I, I can absolutely agree which I think why I was watching it going this does feel like I'm watching a two part or a three part series on the big screen yeah but it's just really well made whether or not that's because TV's become betterly made or whether or not because it just felt like that um, but it's the, the way that the, the death dealt with is, is very good because you are watching it going that fire's really fucking close and they get under it and then it's literally the medic gets off the thing, walks over and just looks at it and you go, they're all dead. Yeah. And he just goes, yeah, 19. And it, it's like, shit. It was just that. They yeah. had never, they never fucking stood a chance. And just like the, that, I mean, like, like I said earlier, there are some interesting images here and just the, 
like him coming upon them and it doesn't like focus in on them or anything it's like them yeah qu- quite in in the back almost in the background like with with like the just fucking charred remnants of the area around them and you know you don't you don't need to go close up it just no. that area is just fucking devastated ain't no one getting out of that it's it's it's, oh, really. it, 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 it's 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 a chilling thing to watch on the screen now was kind of transfixed going this is this is horrible this is this is, this is this is this is this is unpleasant to watch but they, they spend a, time with the build-up as well that's the thing isn't it like it really yeah. drags it out yeah and it's and you, you you're watching it and you're going you know these guys you know that this is what they wanted and it, at, at the end it's fucking killed them uh, I think it's Bridges' best performance in in, in something for uh, well, actually, no, because he was fantastic as well in um, Hello Highway. Oh, yeah. But it's I like the fact that he wasn't doing the old man Jeff Bridges voice that he's done since uh, True Grit. It sounds like he's he's chewing on a bag of marbles. Yeah, which, which he did do in Hello High Water. It's just it's a very very good film with a very very good performance. Mm. He didn't do that voice here. He started off doing it, but then he, he very quickly got out of it, and you just got quite a normal Jeff Bridges performance. But then the bit where he's where he, he takes the call in the car, and you've oh, got the um, noise he lets out. Yeah, and you've got Jennifer Connelly and Andy McDowell uh, in the background, who's very good in this as well. She's, yeah. she's as an older actress, she's really fucking coming into her own. I think. I think she's got some good stuff on the horizon for her now. Now she's kind of gone. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna crop up in stuff in the background and just just be really fucking good. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the, the 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 noise that fucking Bridges kind of makes is is fantastic, and I think. Um, also, I think Jennifer Connelly's um, her fucking scream when she's found out is oh, is, is just is is, is 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 chilling because yeah. you don't you hear it beforehand. She kind of she she has a moment where you don't see it, and then she just comes out and it's she just a pure yeah. exhale of that. And I think it'd be it'd be easy to kind of go that's a bit OTT, but then it's like. Her husband's probably just burned to death in a fucking what is it? That's the time to be OT fucking T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, I also think Miles Teller's good, very good in, it, in the fact that he doesn't. I one thing that I, I, I do like about Miles Teller is he's quite an understated actor. He never tries to go too big. Like with the his big scene, I suppose, is where he comes into the gymnasium and he literally walks in and realises shit I shouldn't have come here I shouldn't have come here and the guy tells him on the way there where he says take me to the gymnasium and he's like I don't think that's a good idea and he says just fucking take me there yeah yeah and he gets in and goes and at the moment I think when he, as soon as he walks in and everyone looks and starts crying it's like he goes they don't know Oh, just Shit. that whole whole thing about like Bridges is talking to the mayor, and it's like you know, have they been told? It's like, well, we can't tell them yet. Why not? The grief counselors aren't here. When are they going to be here? Another twenty minutes? It's like fucking hell. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it. It's pointing a lot of fucking fingers. This film, without without overtly pointing them, it's kind of going, look, 
these guys don't get paid a lot. They're fucking blue collar workers. They're, 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 they're blue collar workers, and they, they, they're going to. They, they, this could happen. This happens. No, this I mean, happened. I mean, the thing. I mean, like we we had a situation in work a few weeks back where um, we had to like I I had to fucking tell a, a few people um, in my team that um, one of our managers who had a really fucking long brave battle with cancer died. And, you know, it just like, it was so fucking weird in, in work because we were taking people off a team at a time. So mm. people just didn't know what was going on and people were wanting to know. And then the whole kind of, and then Chinese whispers started going around. It was like, look, we can't talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it just, having to deal with that situation it professionally is, is hard. And, you know, it's not something you're particularly trained for and you just have to deal with it. God fucking knows how a situation like that personally like it, like with people like with friends and family you know like it mu- must be i mean like i only i only knew this a lovely guy I, I i only knew him like professionally there were quite a few like a couple of people i had to tell knew him personally um and so like with this situation just that whole how you deal with with that and the not knowing and the the like the whispering go, going around and it, like that moment really struck me um and that that's the but that, that's the thing it all it all feels very real um it feels authentic this film yeah um and, and you know and it, i it just i feel really bad because my my criticisms of it are basically that you know it's it's not really a piece of cinematic entertainment Mm. and i think maybe it's because the trailer sells it that it is Uh, but the thing is i i think that all your criticisms of it are perfectly fair i don't think that they're not fair i think it's i think it's I think it's a very good film, but in, in the way of the reason why we covered it is, I think I'm. It's more in. It's more lined up for the sort of things that I like watching. I suppose the best, not enjoy watching, but like watching. I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. it, 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 into that, whereas it's not as much to you. And you, from, from what I've seen, everything like that, you you did enjoy it. But there's a few, but it it it, it didn't quite. And I can absolutely see that it doesn't quite become an action film but it teeters on the edge of becoming an action film but it's not outright drama but it teeters on the edge of becoming mm. a drama and the thing is i think because everybody involved is it's a very high caliber uh, crew and it's a very high caliber cast they managed to make it a very good film this quite easily could have been directed by a jobbing director um and star Instead of starring Josh Brolin, it starred John Travolta and a load of nearly people, fucking Ryan Philippe in the Miles Teller fucking role, mm-hmm. and people across there, and being a little bit crap, to be honest. Mm. But I think because it's Kaczynski and he's in it, I don't think he's a fantastic filmmaker. I think he's an interesting filmmaker who at some point is going to make a fantastic film. I mean, I, I like that he's pushed himself with this. You know, I mean, it's yeah. after Tron Legacy and Oblivion, it's a real departure. And it is, yeah. And I, I get the feeling that it's something that he wanted to make. Mm. 
I don't think the I don't think the film's criticisms are, are laid at his door. I think he's done. I think he's done the best he can, and he's made a film that I think the relatives of the the, the men who died would be per, would be perfectly at peace with. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I thought it was it was it was very good the fact that the end credits essentially as the credits were going and it was giving you the, the cast, it was basically showing you a picture of the actual person and giving yeah. you their age. And it was kind of, you're looking at going, all these guys are fucking younger than yeah. me. They were fucking, I mean, yeah, they were young. They, yeah. They, they, they're like, they're not, they're not, they're not younger than me. They're closer to my daughter's age. Some of them than they are my age. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. You know, these guys, you know, it, it, it does. It's, it's a, it's a fucking, it, it, it's a weirdness to, to that of going. They they chased this film. They ch- chased them. They chased the dream of doing what they did. They clearly loved what they did. It was clearly an important job in that region, and it's a job that I don't think you realise. And especially, I think the more you probably realise it living in the states that the, this is a a serious problem. But it doesn't happen in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> any of these yeah. things, um, but it is a serious problem. I mean, they've they, they had serious problems with it this year in the states. And it's kind of gone unnoticed amongst the shitstorm of everything else that's happened in the world. You know, that, that they've had a, a terrible year with, with forest fires. Um, so it, it's, it, it just seems a little bit like these guys do an incredibly dangerous job and don't seem to get the credence that they fucking should. No, quite. And, uh, and, 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 and this, this, this film's come out and it's, um, you know, it's it, it shined a spotlight on them. Um, but I like the fact that it doesn't bring politics into it at any point. Oh God, no, no. I mean, which, no, which I is mean, which is very good because I think some of them might have tried. Other people might have tried to. It's gone. Do you know what? The politics are another fucking story. I'm talking to you about this group of guys. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very human. Uh, it's a very human story. Um, it it just. I don't know. I could have done with a bit more backdraft. And yeah, I, feel really, I, I, I feel really bad saying that, but you know, it, it, it is a film. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, absolutely, I can absolutely see your point for that. Um, really, I mean, not a lot of. Um, I'm definitely not shit on it. Um, no, so am I. I mean, that, that's the yeah. thing. I, I am, I'm definitely not shit. It's a good film. It is. It's it is a recommendation. Um, it, it, it just, I. The, the trailer did sell something else, and yeah. if I'd known. If I'd known it was going to be a more sombre piece going in, I think I, I, I don't know. I think I would have I've connected with it better. Yeah, um, which which weirdly it might end up being a better rewatch for you at home. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I think it's too long for one to be. That I don't know. I, just very quickly, I kind of wish they took the whole rattlesnake thing out. I understand why it's there. It's a bit of character. It's a bit of comedy as well. It's also 10 minutes in a film that's also already well over two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I could I could see there being a near three-hour cut of this movie existing. <laughs> Which, I'd, if there was a director's cut, I'd give it a go. I would. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so our, our poll, uh, definitely not shit, 100%. <laughs> How many votes? 
Four. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of people saw this movie, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, I went to a ten past seven on, on a Saturday night screening and there were maybe about a dozen people in there. I went to a um, midday screening um, and there was maybe five or six people there. Yeah, I mean, thirty-eight million dollar budget, which which is actually, I don't know, like it, that's quite that's quite impressive. Um, yeah. Just with the amount of fiery type stuff they have to do, um, and it's it's done seventeen million in the US, about a million worldwide, so probably going to lose money, which I feel bad for it for. Um, but I, I, I get I get the feeling that it's probably going to lose money, but it's one of those that the studio has gone. Do you know what? We're probably going to lose money on this. But, but we'll lose money at the box office. But that will get a shitload of that. that, that that's going to be a, a, a that could cover for that. Will be Father's Day fucking presents. Oh god, it yeah. will. It will do real well on streaming as well. You know, absolutely, yeah. And so they'll, 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 they'll take that into account. I don't think the fun film will end up losing money. It'll be like the eighteen thing. Everyone constantly says about the A team to Joe Carnahan. Ah, oh, it's a shame the A team didn't make money. And he goes, the A team made fuckloads of money. It just didn't make that much at the box office. Do you know what the um the number one film for the fire or firefighter genre, the number one grossing US film, as as quoted by Box Office Mojo, is for, about firefighters. Yeah. Uh, Towering Inferno. Actually, it's not, that's not even on here. Is it not? Fucking should be. But I'm yeah, a shitload of money. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say backdraft, but that seems like it'd be too obvious. It's number two. Uh, World Trade Center. <laughs> it's not on here. It says fire <laughs> slash firefighter, 1980 to present, in fairness. 1980. All oh, right. Well, Tony Inferno's before 1980. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Go on. <laughs> I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Wow. That's yeah. Well, technically, it, yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does have. It is about a firefighter. That's right. Wow, uh, I, I own that on DVD. Of course you do. Yeah, positive. Because I'm an idiot. Very good. <laughs> right, uh, Ian. What have you been watching this past kind of ten days or so since we last recorded? Okay, so I've got I've got six overall. So I'll do three now and then and then break for your good self. Because um, I've, I've got nine. Oh, very good. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay, what should I start with? I'll I'll warm up with Vertical Limit. Uh, oh, Vertical Limit. Which, uh, first time watch, actually. Um, a, 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 a film that builds to you going, what? Is that it? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of... It just... It <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's like they go. It's like it's like a big band going. Seriously, when the film I'm saying directed by Martin Campbell, I was like, oh, just skip ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, yeah. So I I watched this on the plane back from uh, back from the Canaries. It's such a plane movie. Yeah, no, no, it actually worked really well as a plane movie. In fairness, now it made me laugh as well because um, like. I was watching it and then Donna said something and I, was like, I paused it and she was like are you watching Vertical Limit? I was like how the fuck did you know that? <laughs> and you know I thought it was like the shot of the film and she was like says it on your phone 
Anyway, um, so yeah, directed by Martin Campbell, um, starring Chris O'Donnell in his prime, uh, Robin yep. Tunney in her prime. Yeah. Um, this is a fucking late 90s, early noughties cast, if ever there was one. It fucking is, isn't it? <laughs> um, and Ben Mendelsohn as the Australian comic relief. Um, God, yeah. Which I like the thing, like, I spent his first couple of scenes, I was like, I my my head was going that's Ben Mendelsohn and my heart was going no it's not he's only ever a bad guy and this was ten years before he was around, um, and, but no it's Ben Mendelsohn and he's really good in it um, he's yeah he's really funny um, so fucking story first five minutes Chris O'Donnell and sister Chris O'Donnell sacrifices father's life to save him and his sister on father's instruction basically sets up then that the sister doesn't want to talk to him because he kind of blames him for the father's death. Um, she's now like a famous um, explorer type person and she's going to scale um, the K2, is it? K2, yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, along with uh, Bill Paxton. Who, K2, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Paxton, who's this rich guy who wouldn't, you know, it turns out to be a bit fucking devious. Um and shit goes wrong. Chris O'Donnell has to go and um, help them with the help of Ben Mendelsohn and Alexander Siddick and uh, uh, Scott, um, Scott Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, sorry. Yeah, and a bit of hiccups there, sorry. Um, uh, and a few others. Um, and, yeah, it's a film that spends the first hour of its two-hour runtime just setting everything up. Like, literally the first hour is setting up the characters, people going up the mountain, and then them setting off to go and save them. Um, and then the film seems to artificially extend its running time with the fucking weirdest... I don't know whether you remember this or not, but the realisation about two-thirds of the way into the film that the nitroglycerin they've been carrying reacts to the sun, despite the fact that they've been carrying it for a good long while now, and you'd think they'd know that nitroglycerin reacts to the sun somehow they've not had the nitroglycerin out in the sun at all up to this point and then as soon as they find that out there are a ton of situations where the nitroglycerin gets exposed to the sun yeah just the most fucking ludicrous plotting um just retarded all the while Bill Paxton's basically fucking being like Michael Bine in the abyss, except like on purpose. You yeah. know, he's, he's getting the bends in a cave. Um, <laughs> he literally is willing himself to get the bends. No, he kind of is though, isn't he? It's like, I really want the excuse to just go mad. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It, you know, it, 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 uh, yeah. And this Dex stuff, this magical Dex stuff that seems to be able to stop dying. Um, yeah. So, and then at the end, they they kind of save them. There's a little bit of action. You think there's going to be like a pickaxe fight at one point, and then that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then Chris O'Donnell is with his sister. His sister's in bed. Ever so slightly kind of love interest woman comes in, gives him a kiss, mm-hmm. which was really fucking weird. Yeah. And then the film ends. Yeah, Bill Paxton it, it, doesn't it, seem to get any fucking comeuppance. Nope. Uh, despite the fact that he's directly responsible for the deaths of multiple people. 
Um, there's nothing. His last scene is basically him getting saved. Um, and it ends. It's a, it's a bizarre film, is Vertical Limit, but the action, when it comes, is decent. I yep. quite like the cast of characters. Chris O'Donnell's bland as shit, but the people around him aren't as bland. Chris, the reason why Chris O'Donnell is now just on, like, whatever it is that he's on some TV show that's been very successful, and it's one of those TV shows that's on during the afternoon and has run for, like, 11 fucking series. Yeah. Um, the reason why he's on that is, is he has no charisma to be a movie star. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And he, he doesn't have any here. Um... And, yeah, you know, it was a plain film. It passed the time well enough. But by the end, it was like, right, that that was that then. And I'll never think of it again. Yep. Don't blame uh, you. No. So, okay. Um, next on the list. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll talk about the, the killing of a sacred deer at this point then. So, um, your ghost Lanthimos's, um film, which... I had not even seen the trailer for going in. Um, didn't really know anything about it, to be honest. And I I kind of think that's a good way of going about it, really. So I don't want to say that much. Um, basically, Colin Farrell's a doctor. He's got a wife played by Nicole Kidman. He's got a couple of kids. And he's having this these kind of strange encounters with this, like, kind of like late teens lad played by uh, Barry Keegan who was in Dunkirk um, yes. and through the course of the film you understand why he's having these encounters with this with this boy well this young man um, and then something happens um, Barry Keegan has a conversation with Colin Farrell and basically warns him of some stuff that is going to happen. And then the stuff starts happening. And it's fucking mental. Um, it is the most pitch, pitch, dead of night black comedies you'll ever see. It is a pretty strong at times, psychological horror film. And I'm got, really, really liking the sound of this now. <laughs> oh, and it's got a score which is genuinely unnerving. There is a sound cue in this film which is one of the best jump scares I've ever fucking seen. Can but help. it makes sense. Contextually, it makes sense. Yeah. And I was fucking floored by it it is it is a stunning stunning piece of work um, I'm, I'm gutted that i couldn't catch it in the cinema even though i like I, said, I, I didn't get on this last movie but i was still very interested to see this it, it's just that i don't know how land for most has done it really because there is some fucking properly horrifying shit in this film but the way that he gets the actors to deliver it, it's all just ever so slightly left of centre. And it's played so straight and deadpan that it becomes surreally absurdist. There is a bit where Colin Farrell is having a major, major like freak out 
at his wife. But he's talking about trying to find some pubes. Is it is it as obsessed with anal sex as the lobster was? No, no, God, no, God, no. God, Good, because no. that no, no, fucking no, no, no. irked the shit out of me. No, no, it's like, I, I, I won't... I won't explain the context, but he just uses pu- find, trying to find some pubes as an example for something. And he's literally trashing his kitchen going, no, no pubes there. Like chucks a colander away. No, there's no pubes there. Breaks some dishes. No, no pubes there either. And you, the, the thing is, people in my audience were lo- like pissing themselves. And a lot of the time that would annoy me. But I, I think it's almost like there's a nervous re- like relief yeah, that is like just this dark comedy, and you know. But the, the thing is, I think this is one of the things that probably annoyed you about the lobster as well. Like the very kind of the way that people say things, very very matter of fact, very straight. Yeah, Colin Farrell does that in this film. Um, and the other characters kind of do, but not as much as him. And it, I don't know, it just. He plays he plays it so emotionless at points that I, 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 I but the thing is it makes sense his character is a doctor he's a very serious man and you know he's had to deal with a lot of shit he's having to deal deal with this impossible shit but the way that, I don't know the way the whole world works is quite something I like. I would love to get your thoughts on it. You may you may hate it. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think there's as nearly as much stuff to set your teeth on edge as there is with the lobster. I like the lobster. I could see how some would be fucking infused. I, I, I can see why you hate the lobster. Yeah. That's, there's that's not the thing, that with the killing of sacred deer. There's not, I don't think there's that element there. Which, which, is, which is why I'm looking forward to it. Cause I think that these, I can see why people would get on with the lobster. I just think they're wrong. Um, Whereas the King of the Day, I did look at it and go, that looks like a film. That doesn't look like a a student film um, by a, a sexually repressed five-year-old. Um, but with that, I'm looking at it going, that looks fucking really interesting. I'm, I was gutted I couldn't fucking see it. <laughs> the planets just did not align. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 it, it, shame. Um, really, really good like camera work. There's it kind of bit bold this it kind of feels like the kind of thing that Kubrick might be doing now if he was still around that's very fucking interesting because again I'm very much with Kubrick I think he's Kubrick's fantastic but I actually find Kubrick quite hit and miss for me personally I I love some of his films and there's some of them where I go didn't do it for me this 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 feels like something, that, and not just because of Nicole Kidman, but it feels like something that could be made by the person who did Eyes Wide Shut. That's very fucking interesting because I love Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I might, I might watch that in the run-up to Christmas because that's a Christmas film. I do um, watch that at Christmas because it is a Christmas film. Um, I think I've got Eyes Wide Shut. I think I've got it in my Kubrick uh, collection on iTunes. Two ticks. I just want to have a look, actually. Yeah, I fucking do. Right. Yeah, I'm watching Eyes Wide Shut uh, before Christmas. Nice. Sweet. Uh, right, so uh, I'll talk about one more and then I'll um, hand it over to you. Um, yeah. What should I finish with for now? Um, Kung Fu Yoga. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, Kung Fu Yoga. This is on. Uh, this is on Netflix. So, I watched this because the poster for this on Netflix is Jackie Chan in a car being chased with a lion in the car. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> yeah. yeah Jackie Chan plays a character called Professor Jack Chan uh, which characters in the film just shout at him Jackie through through the course of it um, how to explain this right so Professor Jackie Chan is an archaeology professor who is approached by an Indian woman who has, I watched it a couple of weeks back, has a treasure map for something that Shan has been looking for. And Shan and his younger assistants and the Indian woman go off in pursuit of this treasure. And they're tailed by an Indian guy who's looking for the treasure for his own dastardly means. And there is a sequence in this film in Dubai where Jackie Chan is trying to chase another character, jumps into a car and starts driving or a van. And there's a lion in the back. And uh, (laughs) literally there is an entire car chase where Jackie Chan is driving with a lion in the back of the car and he's trying not to piss off the lion. Um, and the lion, like, the lion's just, like, bouncing around all over the place in the back of this fucking van. And How long of, is this film? It's about two hours. Um, fucking hell. Actually, no, sorry, forgive me. The full version is two hours, ten minutes. The version on Netflix is an hour 45, so I thought, you know, it's kind of... Yeah, sure, cut 20 minutes out, why the fuck not? Um, so, um, and at the end of the scene, uh, Jackie Chan gets out of the van, the lion gets out of the van, like, literally, the lion gets out of the van in the street in Dubai, throws up, and then goes to sleep. And then he discovers that the lion's name was Little Jackie. Um, and it, this, it, this sounds like such a fucking weird movie. It's, the thing is, right, there are multiple scenes where there's like four different languages being spoken at different characters over the course of the scene. But like just everything's fucking subtitled because why not? Um, spoiler alert for the end of the film. <laughs> at the end of the film, um, Jackie Chan and the bad guy decide to put aside their differences because they now both respect history. And then there is a Bollywood dance sequence led by Jackie Chan where all the characters in the film come back into it and dance. (laughs) I have no idea what Kung Fu Yoga is, but I enjoyed my time with it immensely. It did did very well in China. I'm not surprised. Um... Mental. It, it's it's Professor. I, I don't, it's Professor Jackie Chan. It, it, it made like two hundred and seventy million dollars or something like that in in the US in in China. Good for it. I mean, it looks like it cost a tenner, but you know, sixty five million dollars it cost. 
no, nah, yeah, all right, fine. But, you know, I, I, I had a thoroughly good time with this. I, I really enjoyed it. it. The action's fun. The plot's mental. But y- you're always engaged. You just want to see what the fuck's going to happen next, really. Um, <laughs> and I'd watch it again. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I will give that a go at some point. With some drinks, it would be... It, it, it would be incredible. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give that a go at some point, certainly. Yeah, thoroughly entertained for every single fucking se- second, Mark. Like, it, 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 a treat. A fucking retarded treat. <laughs> uh, over to you, sir. Cool, right, I'll do... Um, a lot of these are rewatches. Um, because, let's say, I've, I've, I've had a very tough work week uh, schedule, um, so there is that. But uh, when I've got that, I still want to watch movies, but I kind of want to watch something where if I fall asleep 20 minutes into it, it doesn't fucking matter. Luckily, I didn't fall asleep 20 minutes into any of these movies, but um, there we go. I also watched a couple of these while I was babysitting uh, the other night for uh, a friend's uh, 18-month-old. So it was basically whatever was on TV, and I happened to watch Premium Rush, <laughs> which nice. I kept film, which I, I love Premium Rush. I think it's great. I actually, I think I... I'm, fairly certain i own premium rush on itunes because uh, i bought it one day because it was only like 4.99 um let me double check to see if i'm actually fibbing there if i'm telling the truth uh yep i've got premium rush on itunes Wait. so yeah so i thoroughly enjoy premium rush it's, it's, it's a really good time film it's it's a lot of fun it feels like the sort of film that you'd watch that would be on on a saturday morning on channel 4 at like 11 o'clock hmm um, I'm going to rattle through this because I'm rewatching and I'm sure I've spoken about that on the podcast before I also rewatched The Running Man yes uh, I love The Running Man yeah I, I, I watched this um, it's a film that, I, that, that when I'm just tired when I just need to watch something um, I'll uh, I'll I'll happily get into it, watching this it, 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 it's such a a fun film it's peak Schwarzenegger oh my god yes yeah. Um, also, we watched Pacific Rim, which made me um, a little bit kind of like the new one looks so shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It looks so shit, and it might. I hopefully it'll be great, and I'll be wrong and like that. But it's just we go from this to a straight to DVD version that's going to be released in cinemas. Yep. Which is what it looks like. Pacific Rim's a really, really entertaining movie. Okay, oh, <laughs> what Rim's people cracking. say. I just, it's I, a... I, I, just uh, I, not Charlie Hunnam. But I think he works in the movie. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, he, I think he works in the context of the movie. I just think that people, I think Pacific Rim kind of like <clears throat> suffer from the fact that I don't think people knew what they were going to watch. I think Guillermo del Toro knew what he, what he was making. Yeah. I, I think he's very proud of what he was what he's made. And I think it's, again, it's a movie made for 11-year-olds to watch in their pyjamas, sat on a sofa on a Sunday morning. And yeah. the problem is, the people who went to see it, who thought it was a movie for them, were people in their mid to late 20s, early 30s, who will wear 
nerd t-shirts to prove how much of a nerd they are. And they went, well, well I, I don't get it. Why is it this? Why is it this? Well, I, I don't like it. Why? Because it didn't make a lot of money. What? I don't make sense. It did, actually, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. just seems to be that it, it's a lot of, and it seems, this crops up a lot, a lot of the problems that you seem to have that a lot of comic book movies have, a lot of, well, let's be honest, Marvel films have, get ignored, but films like Pacific Rim, or even to an extent, some DC films, get lauded for. Get, 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 get criticised for. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedic value in this movie, yet it, it, it's kind of mocked for that, and it's kind of derided for the fact that at points it's a little bit too comical. You know, you've got um, Burn Gorman uh, and Charlie Day's characters; they're just comic relief. It's like, right, um, what is the majority of Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> That's a fucking fair comment. That yeah, yeah. I, I you know. I, it, it just he, he create he created a world in yeah. Pacific Rim. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's a proper fucking world. Yeah, and th- th- there's a bit where I turned up and said, "I am watching essentially a better version of Godzilla fighting a giant fucking robot to guitarist by Tom Morello in Tokyo." Yeah. yeah. I can't believe that this isn't that, that, that people, more people aren't going. This is amazing. <laughs> like the whole neon drenched look of that film is something yeah. else. And as well, do you know what's really good about it? You can actually make out what's going on. Oh God, yeah. No, the action direction's like fantastic. Yeah, you can make out what's going on, and too often nowadays with action films, you can't make out what's going on. Because of all the, the fast cuts and shit like that, they're designed to essentially hide flaws. I just want to see when Pacific Rim Two's out, just to February. get ready for disappointment. Is it February? I'm sure it's February. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pacific Rim. Even the poster's shit. Yeah, it is. It just looks shit. March, March the twenty third. It's out. March twenty third. No. Yeah. Scott fucking Eastwood. Seriously. But right, I'm a big fan of Charlie Hunnam, but I get the fact that no matter what, he's not going to be an A-list movie star. It's just not going to happen. He, mm. it, it just, it, he's, he's not built for that. He's, to be honest, he's not a good enough film actor. He's a very good TV actor because you get to spend time with a character that he's, that he's been within. But he's not as good, at, 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 essentially, as a good. Um, what is it? He's a little bit like Paul Walker. In the right thing, he's fine. In King Arthur, I think he's very good in King Arthur. Mm -hmm. He's very entertaining King Arthur. But they've got Scott Eastwood in Pacific Rim Uprising, which is a little bit like they've gone, right, should we get Charlie Hunnam back? And they've gone, could we get Charlie Hunnam, but a bit cheaper? (laughs) A bit cheaper. And they've gone, China's not that expensive. Yeah, but we wanted to make it a bit cheaper. All right. Can we get someone that just looks like him? Well, who? Clint Eastwood kid kind of looks a little bit like him. It'll be cheap. Why? He's not Clint. And it is. And so Scott Eastwood is a little bit like that. With Scott Eastwood, it's kind of like, it's just not going to happen for him. Because he's just not that good. 
He's fine. No, he's I, just I, not good. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like they they tried it with Taylor Kitsch. They tried it with Charlie Hunnam. They're kind of trying it with Scott Eastwood, but it even seems a bit fucking. Yeah. All right, he's one of the ones in Fast and Furious now, and he's one of the ones in in this. I mean, to be fair, they're very much posi- uh, uh, positioning Pacific Rim Uprising to be John Boyega's film. Yeah, um, which even that, I'm a little bit like. But have we seen him in that much? Because he was crap in the circle. Yeah, he was, yeah. I mean, he was crap in the circle, but yeah, but then in Detroit, by, by all accounts, he was good in Detroit. Yeah, it's fantastic in Detroit. I, I, I wasn't taken. I thought he was the weakest point of um, Star Wars, whatever it's called again. I think what it's called. What's Force it called? Awakens. Force Awakens. That's it. I thought he was the weakest part of that film, to be honest. But. And then the last one I'll cover it in this section because all of the other ones are all kind of linked in. in, in well, I'll I'll, tip, I'll hand back up at you in a second, and then I'll cover the other ones. Yep, uh, I rewatched the The Martian, which is just a fucking cracking film. Did you? Which version did you watch? Uh, the Martian, whichever one's on Netflix. Oh, okay, I take it there's probably a theatrical version. Okay, yeah, I would cool. think there'd be theatrical cut. That's yeah, great. I didn't even know there was a direct cut of that, of that actually, Martian. Yeah, there's an extended edition that's out on Blu-ray and 4K. Well, I, I, do you know what? If that was available on uh, on iTunes, I'd probably buy that and watch that because it is it, it's it's, a, it's just a really good film. It's a really solid entertainment film, and I still do think that that maybe a little bit that um, Matt Damon was kind of a little bit overlooked as an Oscar contender for that. <laughs> oh yeah, no man, he's just shit in that flick. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's really really good in it, but it's just. It's solid entertainment, and I don't think I don't think people have kind of I don't know I think because it's so solid, it's not really given as much credit as it maybe should be given. In a weird way, yeah. But yeah, I saw. Yeah, I would no, say I we reviewed it on the show, but I think in a little bit of a similar way as like um, something like the game, for instance. Is a really good film, but people don't talk about it because they'll go, they'll go, oh, it's a really good film, The Game. Oh, yeah, but what about Seven? It's like, right, yeah, but The Game's a really good film in its own right, I know, but mm-hmm. Seven, it's like, right, fine, yeah, Seven's fantastic. <laughs> or Heat. It's a little bit like that. It took a long while before people went, Heat, fucking fantastic. And loads of went, <laughs> yes, yes, it fucking fucking late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go on. What, what else have you been watching? No, the Mar- the Martian man. Yeah, I, you're right. I don't know. It doesn't seem to have hung around as as much. Which it should do because yeah, that's it, that's the third or fourth time I've watched it, and it was really good. I watched that film. Started watching it um, the other night at about. I was tired, but I expect said I'm, I'm I'm tired, but I'm not sleepy. Should we just stick the Martian on? Because we can watch it in two bits if we, if you want. Because it's two and a bit hours long. And mm. we started watching it about 10 o'clock at night. So it didn't finish until nearly one in the morning. Because, like, getting drinks and shit like that. Sure. But we watched it in bed, drinking cups of tea and eating biscuits. Nice. So <laughs> I was like, this is fine. I'm fine with this. It's a good way of doing it. Um, I'm fine with this being my Friday night. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um... So, yeah, my last three then. Um, so, uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, 
it came out in a limited release last week. I don't know whether it, it's even around at all uh, anymore. But uh, uh, Joachim Trier's uh, Thelma. Uh, so, story of this. Um, young girl who's uh, kind of just started uni um, has parents who are kind of weirdly controlling like they kind of stalk her on facebook they they want to know what she's doing at all times and she has these seizures every now and then and when she does like weird things happen like the, the, the electrics around her go weird or birds fly into her direction and smack up against the window and stuff like that and um she meets a fellow student And they strike up a relationship. And uh, she's also very, very heavily Christian and kind of like fundamentalist. And so she's having feelings for this other woman, um, but trying to stop herself because she thinks it's like morally not right. And this kind of conjures up some like supernatural powers in her which her parents may or may not know about um so it's essentially an allegory for how uh repressed sexuality can destroy people and uh, affect the lives of those around them as well um but it does some it does some interesting things with the narrative um, in terms of just how much power she actually has. Like she has the she develops like these powers that kind of like she can make people do things or she can make things happen to people. Um, and this turn this kind of actually has a bit of a meta aspect on the reading of the film as to how real is the relationship? Is she actually willing the relationship into being essentially, or is that relationship real? Um, but then it's also talking about uh, the repression of um, sexuality and how being closed minded can irreparably damage people. But it also has her setting fire to people with her mind. So, (laughs) you know, it's this odd combination of character drama, like, violent death, um, and surreal imagery. And I thought it was, I thought it was really good, actually. Um, Oh, cool. It, it appears to be a bit of a Marmite film, in fairness. Um, I know some people have criticised it for being uh, too slow um, and not really doing much. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to disagree with that. I think it. I think it does enough narratively. I think the girl who plays Felma is really, really good. She's very. You really. You really empathise with her. And you feel for her. Um, and th- th- there is kind of like 
there's there, there are disturbing elements to her power. Like there's this there's this bit in this hospital where she's having tests done on her, and they're trying to in, induce one of her seizures. And the way that builds up, and the way the seizure unleashes itself, like what it does. But the the effect, the effect of it is it like I actually went like fucking hell wow okay um it's like the whole how repression can destroy people is very very like hitting the nail on the head in in the climax of that sequence um but also it is just quite sexy at points as well you got these two girls who are quite attractive copping off with each other so you got that, that element as well um so it's this serious-minded thing that isn't afraid to be sexy and isn't afraid to indulge in its more genre-y kind of stuff it i don't know it, it's it, it's it's like if brian de palma w- was d- directed the fury but had it with a lesbian uni student in instead of the people in the fury uh, so yeah I mean, which, 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 let's be honest we'd watch <laughs> yep yep um, so yeah uh, worth your time Thelma um, one of those ones that I think will probably be on Netflix or Amazon Prime within the next six months and you know yeah. definitely give it a crack then uh, okay two more so uh, two kind of re- more recent kind of big screen releases Murder on the Orient Express um which, What's this like? Because I've I've heard it's a little bit like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. I had a really good time with it. Ah, good. Um, it's. I, I mean, first off, the 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 mustache is fantastic. Um, <laughs> just wonderful, wonderful mustache. Um, and yeah. So I mean, fuck. I, I, you know, I won't spoil the plot of Murder on the Orient Express in case people don't know what what it what it is. But you know, essentially, Branner is Poirot. He's on a train, the Orient Express. There's a murder. He has to figure out who did it. Um, and this is this has got a cast that just keeps on going. Like, I'm watching it. And it's like, no oh, shit, Penelope Cruz is in this. I didn't know that shit Willem Dafoe's in this I didn't know that you know and it, it you know it, it just kind of, it, it, you know people just keep on popping up it's like oh cool that person's in it um and thankfully the one person in the cast that you don't really want to see in it all that much is the victim so that's good after the first half hour 40 minutes that particular person is barely in the film again so good would it be too much for a spy that i give that away who it is um i didn't know you know don't don't tell me then yeah because the thing is i might go and see this on wednesday morning yeah don't do it do it i mean the and that person is actually all right when they're on screen but I was thinking, like, 
yeah, this, I'm this that, that that's about enough of that. Thank you very much. And then ten minutes later, they're dead. And it's like, cool. All right, fine. Um, really looks fucking fantastic. Um, Branner is great. It's a bit. It's ever so slightly tonally jarring because the first third or so is genuinely quite funny. Um, and Branner is, is just great. Um, and it gets more and more serious as it goes on. And by the end, you know, I, you really, I, well, I got quite wrapped up in it actually. Um, it's a good story though, isn't it? it oh, it's a good yeah. story. It's a good story made by a very good filmmaker. Yeah, no, and, and that's it. And it, it looks great. Patrick Doyle's score is fantastic. And I really liked his work on um, Four as well. And, and like he, he, he does some good stuff with Branagh. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the thing is, the rest of the cast other than Branagh just kind of pop up every now and then. Um, yeah. So so they're fine. So, you know, Johnny Depp's in there and, you know, he's, he's all right. And when he's on screen and, you know, Josh Gad is um, uh, not bad in, but not not a uh, not a comedic role, which is nice. Um, because you know, you get enough of that from Josh Gad. You know, Judy Dench is in it, and she's solid. Um, fuck Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, um, Willem Dafoe, like I said earlier, uh, Derek Jacobi. Um, Olivia Coleman. I mean, you know, it just. What's what's Daisy Ridley really like? What's Daisy Ridley really like in it? Because I've not seen it in anything but Star Wars. Yeah, she's fine. Which she was fine in. Yeah, no, she's fine. Interested to see her not in that. She's not amazing, but she's not, <coughs> she's not awful. She's fine. Um, it cool. is kind of the Branner show, to be honest. Um, there tend to be films that you cast himself in. Yeah, but I I'd, I'd watch another dozen of these. To be honest. Ah, oh, nice. Like it was just it was exactly what I wanted. Um, yeah, like there's some really fucking awful sequel set up at the end, which like really fucking clanged. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll I'll save that, but it's fucking brutal. Like just so bad. Um, and I mean I suppose that maybe two thirds of the way through the film where it does kind of feel a little bit like can we maybe get on with this a little bit please um but yeah uh i i had a i had a really good time with it and it, it feels like very worth seeing on a big screen so yeah i, I uh, cool if you got, uh, if you got wednesday morning free i think it's a solid couple hours yeah i think i might do that wednesday morning then cool um last one for me then is uh paddington 2 so, uh, what a treat. Fucking treat. Um, basically, Paddington is back. And the story is essentially, he wants to buy his aunt a birthday present. And by the end, you just want him to give her that birthday present. Because you want him to be happy. And you want his <laughs> aunt to be happy. And you want everybody to be happy apart from Hugh Grant, because he's the bad guy, and he's a really good bad guy. Oh, um, there he is, I see, uh... no, he's, he's brilliant. He's, like, he's, just, he's playing a fucking like, rubbish actor, and he does it well. Um, and he, I mean, he plays it well. Um, Paddington just brightens up everybody's lives. 
Peter Capaldi plays Brexit in human form. And uh, basically, everybody chides him in pretty much every scene he's in for being closed-minded and a dickhead. Um, and yeah, it just... It's go- it, it's gorgeous. I was fucking... I cried at the end of it. I won't lie. Like, the ending is just the loveliest bloody thing. Um, it, I'm the thing about the first about one is the first one was just a lovely movie, wasn't but, it? Yeah. I mean, the first one was a big bag of lovely, and this one is a big bag of lovely, but he's in peril in it. Like, he's... I mean, he is in the first one as well, but Lottie turned to me twice and said, this is a sad film, isn't it? And started crying. Twice. And I just gave her a big hug and told her everything was going to be all right. And it was. You know, Brendan Gleeson plays a convict called Knuckles McGinty, who really likes marmalade sandwiches. You know, it, it just is. It's, it's great. I, I, as I said on Twitter, it's like if Wes Anderson made kids films where he actually gave a fuck if kids like them. Um it's very very Wes Anderson in his visuals at times uh, like like kind of the tableau kind of stuff it's got going on in spades at points um, but some of the visuals are amazing like he wants to buy his auntie this pop-up book of London and he's imagining the pop-up book and it all goes pop-up-y around him and it, it, I, it just it's fucking gorgeous and um the, the way that he interacts with, with his neighbours, because it's a, it, way more about the people on his street in this one. Um, ah, right, yeah. As, as well. So, like, uh, Jessica Hines is in it, Ben Miller uh, it pops up as well, and, it, you know, there's, and there's others, and Peter Capaldi's just the Brexit neighbour. Um, and um, he brightens up everyone's lives, and when he's not there, everybody's a bit more shitty to each other, and the colour the, the isn't quite as there as it was beforehand. Um, and you know it's about inclusiveness it's about letting people in it's about being nice and being polite and you know just not being scared of otherness like the first film was Um, but there's a bit I think there's a bit more in this one about just being kind to people it's a lovely message Um, the CG is fucking brilliant there was one shot in it that looked like that looks really CG. The rest of it looks fucking spot on, and it's a talking bear. <laughs> yeah, you, you know can't really I mean? grumble too much about it, can you? No, you know it, it's just a lovely, lovely, lovely piece of work, and it will be in my top ten at the end of the year. A gorgeous fucking film, and I. Oh, that's awesome! That yeah, you know, a, a fair fucking play, and. It's going to make a shitload of money. Yep, it's, going to, it, it's going to do really, really well. I think it opened to about eight million, which is fantastic, and it deserves to be seen. Uh, it, utterly, utterly charming, fantastic fucking film. Ah, oh, good. I like that. I like the fact that it, it's just. Uh, the thing is, I, I'm not. I'm not fussed about seeing it, but I, I will watch it when it comes out. And I, I really enjoyed Paddington. I thought it was. I thought it, again, it was. It was a lovely film. Um, I think if this would have been released closer to christmas i probably would have gone to see it but i think i'm just not quite in that jovial lift spirit quite yet it, it will be in cinemas until after new year this, that's this, it you see I, I i could see myself on a day off that i've got that's close to christmas going fuck it i'm in the mood for it now <laughs> yeah i i might well take closer to christmas i might well take lottie again 
you know, oh, like, nice. it, 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 was, it was brilliant. And, and I mean, she had a good time. I mean, she was sad. Like, bless her. She's a very, she's a very em- empathetic little creature is Lottie. Like, and she's like all, like, like all kids, she's got a very much a sense of good and bad and right and wrong. And when mm. Paddington is, is caught, because the whole thing is that like uh, Hugh Grant is this, um, actor who steals the pop-up book because it holds the clue to a, a secret fortune um and paddington gets framed for stealing the book from the shop um and like literally she was like where's the thief like lottie was it was like well, he's gone but where's paddington going and it's like well he's i think he's going to jail lottie and she's like and she's like but he can't it's the thief it was like well lots that's that's kind of what the story is baby he has to go to jail and then she was like oh this is a sad film isn't it and i literally had to hug her and tell her everything's gonna be all right because you know it's gonna be as well <laughs> yeah yeah you know i mean I, I i like i was like almost like spoiler alert lots it's gonna be okay you know yeah. and, and and bless her she got so fucking upset but it, it's a pg though to be fair and she's free so uh, yeah, it, 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 there is that peril there i mean towards the end of the film they they don't drag it out as long as, as as in Toy Story 3 in terms of the peril, but there's a bit where they do hold on Paddington drowning for quite a long time before someone saves the day. Um, literally, it's almost like Mrs. Brown, played by Sally Hawkins, really, she's really good actually, is kind of saying goodbye to him because he's drowning. <laughs> No, and it's, they, they hold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they hold a bit. It earns its PG, you know. Um, it, I mean, never in a million years is it a 12, but it earns its PG. Uh, but yeah, there you go, Paddington 2. Uh, it'll be in my top 10 at the end of the year. It's fantastic. Cool. Right, uh, I'll, I'll go through my... The reason why I've left... I've, I've, I've put a bunch of these together is because they're all like horror films of a description. Uh, it's rewatch really Zombieland. Um, Zombieland's a cracking film. Hmm. Um, I, I love the fact that Zombieland is is under ninety minutes, um, oh, and it, it stars yeah, it stars Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, and it's under ninety minutes. <laughs> wow, okay, I, that that I film gets it, in and sure. gets its fucking shit done. Mm. But it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, right here we go. I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer because it's on Netflix, and, oh, and I thought wonderful. And, yeah, and I thought. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to give I know what you did last summer a watch. It, and, and this is just this is peak late '90s uh, cinema. You know, you've yep. got a cast of Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippe, Freddie Prinze Jr. Bless him, Freddie Prinze Jr. A man who who delivers just some of the worst lines in this movie. <laughs> He's so wooden; it is untrue. Hmm. It's like it's like. He's scared of the movie that he's in. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe we should call the cops. Well, I don't think we should. Oh, no, maybe we shouldn't. Well, I I, I think we really should. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we should. No, we're not. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't. <laughs> it's like he's the most amenable person in the world. And then... In it, you've got because essentially, I'm guessing everybody knows the story of I don't know what you did last summer. So, you've got Ryan Philippe um, and Freddie Prince Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Sam Michelle Gellar are in a car 
driving along, along. Ryan Philippe's drunk, but Freddie Prince Jr. isn't, and he's driving. And he drops a bottle of beer on him because he's waving around outside of the sunroof. Freddie Prince Jr. runs over somebody who is, to be fair, stood in the middle of the road. Um, and they decide to dump the body because it, it, it's going to ruin all of their lives if they don't. Yeah. Right. And then it flashes to a year down the down the line. And weirdly, despite the fact that um, the only character who's kind of got away from the town is Jennifer Love Hewitt, but she's essentially racked by guilt and it's caused her to somehow become hotter. Um, <laughs> and yeah, everyone goes, oh, you look terrible. And it's like, does she though? Does she? Because I think she looks like a hot mess. Just going to put it out there. She looks like a hot mess. Oh, you do like um, hot messes, though. I do like a hot mess. She's yeah. not quite that hot a mess. She's not quite messy enough, is what I would say, for a character to, to, to categorise as being a, that's my thing, that's my jam. But then it flashes back, it comes back to, 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 the, to the town, and you've got Ryan Philippe, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Freddie Prince Jr. are all still living in the town, but seem to know nothing about what each of them is doing, despite the fact that they keep getting told it's a small fishing town. But none of them have like run into each other or anything. It's like, well, so what's happened to Frank, which is Freddie Prince Jr.'s character's name, maybe? Um, what is he called? Ray. So what's happened? What's happened to Ray? Oh, I don't know. What's happened to Ray? It's like, right? You, you literally, you then go across the road and go, oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 it's like that. It, it's crap, but it's really quite fun, to be honest. It. it, it, it it's made out of the explosion of, of films that came out post Scream, um, that, that were crap. But now we go back and look at them and go, yeah, they are crap, but they're quite entertaining to watch. And Scream was actually really quite good. Um, and this isn't. It's like you can see why it got made, and you can see why it made a lot of money. But it's a bit crap. But it is actually quite fun. And the only person who seems to understand that it's a bit crap is Anne Hesh who literally seems like she's turned up and gone, oh, what do I need to do again? They've gone, right, you need to act a little bit crazy and a little bit, I'm fine with that, yeah, just give me the fucking script. <laughs> and then she looked at it and gone, I'm not saying that, I'm not, fuck it, I'm, I, right, I'm, I'll go, just shoot it. And they've gone, all right, well, the makeup looks great and you, you know, the fucking costume, it's fantastic. And she's gone, what makeup and costume, dickhead? And they go, oh, shoot. And she's, she's brilliant for like the two minutes she's in it. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's it's well worth a, a late night fucking Netflix watch. Okay. Good. Uh, no, that's, um, that's a good chat. I, I always wanted to watch, um, maybe I should, I'll always know what you did last summer because I think they just go straight up supernatural with that. Yeah, well, that's that's the third one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was like straight to um, straight to DVD. It was straight to, to, to DVD. Yeah. Um, do you know what I watched the next night? Go on. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> solid, solid yeah. early Jack Black performance in this. It, it is. Yeah, he's not even. He's not even credited. <laughs> is he not? He's not even credited. Doesn't he? Like, he straight up gets killed off, doesn't he? Though. Yeah, like, he does. He's, he's in it. He's in it a fair bit, but not even credited. Wow. Um, again, yeah. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. is again terrible in this one. Um, Jennifer Hewitt is better. Um, Mackay Pfeiffer plays the most Mackay Pfeiffer role ever. Where all he basically wants to do is just burn brandy, and the fact that at any point 
he's like, well, you know, babe, we could, you know, we could go back to the room, you know, because we need to get it on. And I go, well, no, I, I wouldn't mind getting a drink or getting something to eat. And he's like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my like, guy, you're just coming across as really fucking creepy now. And it's like, oh, right. I hang about with this fucking dark and this bitch. Bullshit! <laughs> and that's all he seems to do throughout it. Um, and Jennifer Esposito and ah um, um, oh, fucking hell um, and Jeffrey Coombs just play the fucking most dickish fucking um, staff at a hotel ever. <laughs> Jeffrey Coombs is Jeffrey Coombs is fantastic in the way that, in a similar way, at Anne Hesh, he seems to have gone. I'm getting paid way too much to, for this, but I am putting in no effort whatsoever. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it's it's great. This movie is terribly watchable, is what I would say about it. <laughs> you know, they win the chance to go to Barbados to go, for four of them to go to Barbados um, over Thanksgiving. And then they get there and it's storm season. And everyone else is leaving the island. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's 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 cracking entertainment in a crap film, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, the night after that, I was going to watch I Always Know What You Did Last Summer, but couldn't find it. So I didn't. Instead, I watched Prom Night, because I found that. What, the remake? The remake. Oh, had you seen this before? Yes, I had seen it before. Yeah, okay. Can you remember that Idris Elba's in this? Yeah. Isn't Idris he like a detective or something? Yeah, he is, and he's That's really right. quite good in it. And nobody else is good at it at all. Mm. This is a terrible movie. Just a, a straight up bad fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is crap. And again, features. There's a bit in it, right, where um, the, 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 the close friend character um, is. All she's doing is she just wants to win prom queen because she kind of wants to win it, but she wants to win it to rub somebody else's face in it. And then literally minutes before they're about to announce who is going to be prom king and queen, she turns around to her partner who is obviously going to be crowned prom king because that is, everybody knows that. And she might be crowned prom queen, but it might be the other girl. She literally turns around and goes, should we go up to the room? And he goes, well, they are about to announce this. And she goes, we'll be back down for that. And you're thinking, no, you weren't. The DJ has just said he's going to play one more song and then he's going to announce who's prom king and prom queen. And it's that moment where you decide that you want to go back up to the fucking room to get it on and then come back down. Hmm. Either he's terrible in bed and you know it, or you think that the song is really fucking long. What song are they playing? I don't know, some terrible fucking late fucking naughty dance track. Might be like an album version where you've got like a six minute gap and then there's a secret track. Could be, it could she be the secret track. Yeah, she might know that, but I doubt it. She doesn't look bright enough. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's a terrible movie. Uh, on to a movie that I'm ashamed to say I bought this on iTunes for five ninety nine. Oh God, go on. You know when somebody says when you, you know because I don't know it, it happens in our house. It, it, deciding what film we're going to watch can sometimes cause a few arguments. Oh god, this is going to be horrendous if you're fucking building it up like this. Yeah, right. And and I sort of jokingly said to Bex, "Do you want? Do you fancy watching? Because we're going through like a 
a kind of like slashers terrible kind of you like movies. You can't even say it. Yeah. So I suggested it, and Bex went, "Yeah, I, I I I could happily watch that again." And then it wasn't on any of the streaming services, and I saw it on iTunes and went, "Look." I'll pay five ninety nine for us to not have to decide something else to watch. And she was like, I'm fine with that. So we rewatched, because I've actually seen this before, Sorority Row. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Sorority Row is in my iTunes now. I can't get rid of it. You can't scrub that shit off. <laughs> it's there. Right in between the Slaughter Rule and Spies Like Us. Below Silent yeah. Hill. And, 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 and above streets of fire it's there it's there yeah Have you've seen Sorority Row haven't you yeah 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 no I've seen Sorority Row with Rumor Willis delivering one of the one of a performance which even Rumor Willis admits now says yeah I'm not a very good actress yeah no Rumor you're not a very good actress no at all Carrie Fisher's in this and is not good not a lie, she's not yeah. good in, in, in this. She tries, bless her, but she fails miserably. Nobody is good in this, actually. Mm. It, 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 it's, it's quite a terrible, terrible movie with terrible messages, some awful lines of dialogue. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just really bad. It, it is literally... And the thing is, as well, because the whole point of the movie is that they, they, they're playing a prank on... Um, on one of the sorority sisters' brothers because he's cheated on one of the sorority girls. So they make him think that he's... They essentially give him roofies to give to her, which he gives to her, um, and then tries to essentially date-rape her. Yeah. As part of a prank. Which, yeah, you couldn't put that in a movie now, could you? Let's be honest. Um, and then they convince you know, they convince him that, he, that, that, that she's ordeed and that she's going to die... That she's died, and they're going to dump the body. During this kind of ruse and this prank, um, one of them says, "Oh, we'll have to do something to pierce her chest because otherwise she's just going to float back up when we throw her down on in the river or ravine or whatever they're doing." In that, so while they go, let's go and get some rocks to chop her up in a bit. He gets a tire iron out of the back of the car and smashes it into her chest, killing her. Mm. So then they actually they they do all decide that they are going to throw her down a um, a well uh, because they don't want to ruin all of their lives, right? And then it fast forwards to a year later where they're all graduating from college and they start getting texts from her phone and it's is she back alive and is she on and all this lot and then you get her sister turns up and starts tracking fucking shit up and all this lot and you're going well who is it? Oh, it's this guy. No, it's this. It could be Megan herself. It could be her. And then you find out, nope, nope, it's none of those people. Nope, it's it's one of their boyfriends who's doing it just, just to kind of cover up her tracks so that they can be together, yeah. which is a bit weird. There's so many bad messages in this movie. And then at the end of the movie, we get a slow motion kind of, ah, kick ass. Yeah, look at this walk from three of the characters and you're going ah, wait a minute hang on a wee little minute there though because two of those were people who were complicit in killing of one of their friends and dumping the body mm. and the other one 
who is supposed to be like 16, 17, is in her underwear and has just fucked one of the other one's boyfriends. So, yeah. The triumphant slow motion walk is a little bit creepy and a little bit undeserved, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible movie that, again, I must admit, I kind of enjoyed. Um, and now I own it, I could yeah. see me rewatching it again. <laughs> so many films to watch. And That's yeah. it. It, it, it. It did the right thing that I wanted it to do at that time. Okay. So, so that's the that's that's the end of my, of my what I've been watching. We do have a few Twitter questions. Um, we have one from uh, Paul uh, Punter zero one on, on um, Twitter, of course. Paul from Tim Stroker versus Punter, um, saying, "Does the box office failure of Blade Runner twenty forty nine mean the lengthy uh, cerebral cinema we've become uh, will, uh, will become a thing of the past, uh, and is it Marvel's fault?" Um, but no, I it basically says don't spend 150 million dollars on a film that was a bit of a flop originally and uh, was an r-rated movie yeah right uh have it rated r and be two hours 45 minutes long um yep. you know it's yes ryan gosling is a big star but I don't think he's a star enough to get. He's a big star. Clock. He's not a box office. No, star. no. It's like for that budget, you have to be reasonably sure that you're going to be able to get all four quadrants in, essentially. And it's an R-rated movie, so already you're losing two. Yeah, it's an R-rated film. It's two hours forty-five minutes long, which, unless it is a massive, big Marvely blockbuster, you're not going to be able to get away with. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just like people know what Blade Runner is, but there are an awful lot of people who have never seen Blade Runner. There just are. Yeah. It's it's a film that is well regarded in film circles, but you at what ask the average person if they've watched Blade Runner, they'll probably say no. Yeah, unless they're late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, I mean it, it's. I think. It's it's a cautionary tale, um, and it kind of sounds like it's it's killed the it's killed the franchise completely dead. Like they're not talking about doing anything else now. Um, and I mean, like I mean, we've we've obviously we've already reviewed reviewed the film, um, and I'm I, I'm all right with that personally. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd happily watch another. I'd also happily, I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with them never making another. Yeah, um, I'd probably be more fine with them not making another. I think yeah, it's a I very, mean, very good film. Yeah, so I mean, they they talked about it actually on on this week uh, this week's Chinstroker versus Sponsor, which I listened to today, and I know Mike was. Yeah, this week. Mike was really hardcore into it, but he said the reason why it's not a five out of five for him is the fact that there is a 10 minute section that seems to be setting stuff up for a sequel that we're never going to get. And yeah. that was a key complaint for me as well. Like it, it is surprising how much of that film seems to assume that there's going to be another one. Um, yeah. And I don't know how you have that confidence. I, even though I don't know how you spend $150 million on a sequel to Blade Runner. 
And it's just production budget alone. I don't know vanity. how you do that. It's, it, it, it's vanity. It, it was a vanity project for so many people. Yeah, you know, it, it's... I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, there was a report out this week saying that Alcon Entertainment, the, the rights holders, are looking to lose as much as $80 million. And, the and thing is... Like, yeah. The thing is... The, the Blade Runner is the, the original is still making money now. There was a they just put out another steelbook of Blade Runner on Zavi, and it's sold out already. And that's the third one they've put out. Yeah, that film still makes money. It wouldn't surprise me if if Blade Runner actually. Cause what did it do at the box office? What Blade Runner twenty forty nine twenty forty nine yeah. Um. Because it wouldn't surprise me if, long run, that film actually ends up making its money back. The thing is, with the marketing and whatnot as well, I mean, if you go by the... Doubling it up. They've got to do three times their budget to make back. Production budget, 150 million. Worldwide, it's done 243 million. It's pretty That's much... really low. I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was fucking more than that. Yeah. Um, so it's got to make, let's say... Between three hundred and fifty and four hundred and fifty million. Yeah, and uh, the thing is as well, Alcon. And I was reading up on this. They, they so Sony have got rights to the film internationally. Warner Brothers have it in the US because they have a distribution deal with Alcon. Um, now Sony, their deal basically said that they would get that they would get their money back before Alcon. But for a lesser slice of the of like the back end, and Alcon were alright with it because they thought the film was going to make money hand over fist. So yeah. Sony apparently aren't going to lose any money on this. The thing is, I think I think we were asked on the podcast, and I might I might be talking crap. I think we were asked on the podcast um, a while ago, about four or five months ago, which film, which blockbuster is going to essentially bomb yeah and, and, and lose money and we both said I, i'm pretty sure we both said blade runner if it costs over 150 million dollars is going to lose money because there's just not there's just not the market there for it i mean it only did 80 88 million in the u.s i mean it's not quite done yet but 88 million. I mean, the thing is, two hours, 43 fucking minutes. That's it. It's the length. You knock off 20 minutes off that, and I reckon you had another 100 million on it. Because it was difficult to program. No, I mean, that's it. It's like, basically, with ads and trailers and whatnot, you've got to call that three and a quarter hours. Yep. Give it 20 minutes to clean the screen. Okay, 15 minutes to clean the screen. You can only have a showing in one screen every three and a half hours. Yeah, which means if you're up in the cinema at, if you're putting your first screen on at 10 o'clock, that means, that 10.30 really, realistically, that means you've got, you can fit really three in a day, realistically, maybe four. I mean, you'd push. Be, say like a week, weekday, you'd be talking one o'clock, half four, eight o'clock. Yep. Done. I mean, now you look at something like Dunkirk, hour and 40 minutes. You could probably get a showing in every hour uh, push two and a half hours. 
yeah. know, that, that's and the thing yeah, is, the thing is, with kind of two performances a day, really, with something like um, Infinity, well, I, 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 Captain America, which was two hours twenty minutes long, um, Civil War, um, it's it's on two screens. They're going to put it on two screens. Mm. They're not going to chance putting fucking Blade Runner on two screens. I, mean, I think it was like first week and whatnot because it was the big release, but then like it, it would very quickly get chopped down. And it's, I, 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 it's, the, it's, it's the two things. One, it's R-rated. That film's a PG-13. A, you've not got the same film, and I, I can see that. Mm. But if that film would have, been, would have been toned down, it wouldn't have been as good. But in a PG-13, it would have made it would have made a fortune. It would have, I mean, but it, it's it, it's a hard sell at a film that long for that, that that can only be seen by people over the age of fifteen. That is that long. It, it's a it's, hard sell for cinemas. It's a sequel to a film that a lot of people haven't seen. That is two hours forty five minutes long. Everybody says in the reviews that it's dense and it's thought provoking, which for a lot of people is going to be a turn off, quite frankly. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a film that a lot of people will go. I'll wait for, to watch that at home. I'm I'm really looking forward to rewatching it. I'll say that. And I mean, I'm like I'm, but it already. I mean, because I remember the first weekend it came out, and it was it was like, is it going to be nominated for best picture? You know, no. oh, oh my, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. Like people saying, it, you know, it's better than the original. Blah blah blah. And it kind of already again, it already feels like that has blown itself out. You yeah. know, as soon as the opening weekend came in, it was like right on through an eight screen. I, th- I think it was everybody was just so fucking euphoric about the fact that it wasn't crap. Yeah, and I mean, like, the th- I mean, th- the thing is, it's a it's a really bloody good film. It <laughs> just it's people got people got excited and it burnt itself out. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. You know, and to be to be fair, its portrayal of women characters is a bit weird. But anyway, we won't get into that. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's they took a punt on it. Is it Marvel's fault? No, no, it's not. It, it, it's cinema. <sighs> Cinema's in a strange place at the moment in terms of box office cinema because. Because Marvel have been consistently solid, I won't say good because I don't think they've been consistently good. I think they've been consistently solid, but it's kind of like it's almost become you've got blockbusters and new Marvel movies have almost become two separate entities now. Yeah, I mean, it's basically if you're going to be 150 million dollars and rated R, you've got to be based on existing IP. And yeah. you've got to be based on existing IP, which is relatively hot. So, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like Deadpool, they did it yeah. for sixty million. You know that that's the way to go. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, you can't do for that because of the world building that's involved. You know, in the yeah. visuals that are involved, you, you can't do it for that. So you've got to do it for that money. But then it's, you know. Are you going to make the money back? I mean, am I am I glad that Blade Runner twenty forty nine exists? Yes. Am I am I sad that it's lost that amount, the amount of money it's probably going to lose? Yes. Am I that surprised that it's lost that amount of money? Fuck no. No, but I guarantee you that somebody at Sony who's looking at it 
and they're going, we lost, let's say we lost, they lost 10 million on it. They're going to go, do you know what though? The PR for it makes us look fantastic. Yeah. So we're willing to fucking throw that away because they've gone, do you know what? We we gave you that. And when, when, and they can quite literally come out and go, we're not bothered. It didn't make money, but we wanted to give you that. And sometimes it's just about cinema and not about making money. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was just, it's the whole run before you walk thing. The other, how how long have you got, by the way? I've got, I've got time. Okay. Because we forgot about a piece of news earlier on. I was thinking about run before you walk when it comes to franchise building. Dark Universe. Yeah. Have you read the, about this? Literally. Basically, they've put everything on hiatus so yeah alex kurtzman and chris morgan who are the two guys who were kind of overseeing dark universe for universal um have basically left to work on other things um and they, universal will have this building uh like an office building that was dedicated to dark universe that's essentially been shuttered um <laughs> wow. and they're now saying that you know they're not too sure what they're going to do with it they still want to do filmmaker-led projects, which is not really what they were saying previously. And, and they were talking about maybe giving it to Jason Bloom, which I hope they don't do. I hope they just fucking kill it. Um, I, it it'd be quite interesting if they basically went, look, we, 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 we kind of fucked it up because we, we spoke about it for that long that when we actually eventually made it, we were 10 years too late with how we were going to do it. Well, the thing is, so, they, I mean, they said a couple years back, they didn't want to make horror films. They wanted to make action, like action films, blockbusters with horror characters. Mm. And that's what they did with the mummy. Which uh, historically doesn't work. No, I mean, that's, I mean, Van Helsing for fuck's sake, they tried it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I didn't hate the mummy. It was just, it was just ropey. It's, um, it, it, I didn't hit the moment. I, it, it, it's all right. It's just a bit crap. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but and the, the 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 setting up. So the whole and tying back to Blade Runner. Why don't you just make a, the movie that you need to make? And if that's successful, then develop stuff. But because going, I mean, Marvel. You know, yes, they had the plans kind of in the offing all along, but they didn't say straight away, right this is the first part of a connected universe that's going to involve blah, 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 blah. When the first Iron Man came out, Samuel L. Jackson came out in the post-credits bit, people didn't really have any idea of what was going to happen. Um, you know, and they kind of went on from there. They made their individual standalone movies. We've got Justice League next week. And, you know, DC were announcing all these fucking things, and now we haven't heard anything about Cyborg in ages. The Flash seems to have gone down the fucking... Who knows what the fuck's happened to that? Um, and it, I think it all depends on how Justice League does when it opens next week um, mm. and in, in the couple of weeks after that. And, it, you know, it's this whole, right, the Hollywood, maybe don't have all the confidence in yourself and think you're hot shit when you're actually cold diarrhea. And, you know, and who knows how much money Universal's going to lose out of this. So it's either, give it to Jason Bloom. I mean, how fucking rad would just like, I don't know, a $10 million Dracula film be produced by yeah. Jason Bloom. You know, yeah. do it. It'd Why be great, not? yeah. Or, I don't know, give it to someone like Del Toro or something like that who's just going to be, like, going to fucking know how to do fucking everything. Just 
creatively shepherd everything instead of, I mean, like Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan, how long could their contracts have actually been if they've already been released to do other things? Yep. You know, and I mean, but I think Bill Condon doing the Bride of Frankenstein, I'm bang up for that. But yeah. if it was going to be part of the dark universe, it, they'd probably try and go blockbustery with it. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't want that. You, you know, a, a kind of a classical Bill Condon directed Bride of Frankenstein would be, be fascinating, but not in the style of the mummy. No, which, which just constantly felt like it was trying to do something else. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it just got the ending of that fucking film as well. Where it's like, now what the fuck's Tom Cruise now then? Yeah, yeah it just, oh Jesus. Uh, so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, Blade Runner. There you go. Next question. Yeah. Um, Steve Dixon uh, at the Grey SD. Uh, where do you see the Netflix thing uh, going in the next few years? You reckon they could destroy cinema to some extent? Um, keep up the good work, lads, with the shows. Always good to listen. Well, thank you very much for that, and we, we shall certainly keep up the good work. Um, uh, yeah, Netflix. Uh, I, personally, I, I know I don't think they'll they'll destroy cinema. Cinemas. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry if I'm taking the lead on this, by the way. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I very much yeah, taking the lead um, it, It's. The thing is, there's very few advancements in cinema um, that, are, that studios put out that are there to advance it for the audience. They're always to advance it for themselves. So, for instance, 3D. That wasn't, that wasn't to benefit you sat there watching it and made the experience better than you. They kept telling you it was, but in reality it wasn't. It was so they could charge an extra couple of fucking quid yeah. on the ticket. And that, that was it. None of these things that, that, they, that they introduce are to benefit the what is it. And then every so often, every 10, 15 years, you get something that benefits the audience. So you had VHS um, benefiting an audience because it meant that filmmaking became easier. It became cheaper. It became something that could be for home viewing. It wasn't just something that you did on a date night or on a, a Saturday morning. And, and then the studios took control of that and started charging people for it. And then it, it, it worked like that. And it, you had these exorbitant amount of, of, of costs and they, they kind of, they fucking ruined that. And then they went on to fucking DVD. And then CG was something that was developed by, you know, not by studios, but it was developed by creative people. And they went, right, well, brilliant. We can start making all of these fucking blockbuster movies and we can start making shitloads more money. Oof, do that and all the way through it, these things happen and the studios point at it every so often and go this is bad this is bad for cinema it's like no it's not it's bad for your fucking profits it's not bad for cinema how the fuck is netflix bad for fucking cinema it, it, it's not it's they're telling you it's bad for cinema and i yeah i do lament the fact that i that i might not be able to go and see the next scorsese movie in the fucking cinema i lament the fact that i won't be able to see the new duke Doug jones movie uh duncan jones movie sorry in the cinema you know, I even, to a small extent, lament the fact that I'm not going to be able to go and see the new David Ayer movie in the cinema. But will I? On the 22nd of December, when it's fucking freezing cold outside, and I've got home from work, and I'm not at work the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th, because hopefully I have those four days off, and I go, Christmas starts with this fucking movie. Me watching this right now, my break starts with this. Would I go to the cinema to watch it? Probably. 
but can I sit in my fucking living room and watch it and pause when I need to go and take a piss? Yeah, I can. I can do that. And do I need to see Bright in the cinema? No. Would I enjoy Bright in the cinema? Yeah, probably. Do I need to see it there? Probably not. I don't think it'll destroy sound. I think that we're at an... We spoke about it briefly earlier. We're at like kind, of, kind of like an impasse at the moment, but where streaming could end up fucking eating itself and fucking it all up. Or it could end up being the kick up the arse that cinema needs to go, right, well, the other thing that it's done is it's gone, okay, cinemas are filled with all these box office movies, with these blockbuster movies all of the time. So what's happened to these little movies? Well, they've gone on Netflix three or four years ago, but because they've been really popular on Netflix, people have gone, shooters go, well, hang on a minute. We could put out this in a, what is it? Because clearly people are fucking watching it. The success of on-home media of something like John Wick is what gave us John Wick 2. It wasn't because it did well at the box office. It did all right. It did really well. The viewings on home video, which essentially is streaming services now, was so fucking high that they were like, holy shit. No, I mean, I, I, the, the thing is, I think the thing is with Netflix is that they seem to be very, very focused on their own original content and in particular, t- like TV shows. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I think they, they do have a focus on films, but let, I mean, let's be real. Not the movie studios aren't going to want to just have their stuff on Netflix or, or Amazon prime. You know, they, no. they're going to want to make money in the cinema. It's just, what comes out in the cinema and what goes to Netflix. Um, and I'll be honest, if it's like the bigger things that are worth seeing on a big screen, they'll probably still be on a big screen. Yeah. If it's the new the, Scorsese one, the new Scorsese one will play cinemas. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, it will. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest see it in a cinema or see it in the comfort of my own home in 4k on my tv i'm actually i'm actually okay with that you know see, like, I, I, i'll go and see it in the in the cinema because that it, it's part of the experience that i that i, that I adore with with that and i, I feel I, i'd feel a little bit personally i'm not saying it's i'm not saying i'm right and you're wrong by the way i i can absolutely see your point it, personally been as, as big a scorsese fan as as, as i am I, I would feel a little bit like i would feel a little bit like <laughs> which makes if, no sense i know if if but if it played in the cinema world in cardiff i i you know i'd go and see it in the cinema cool no problem if i've got to pay money to go and see it if it like versus watching it as part of my netflix subscription at home i'm gonna watch it on my netflix subscription at home it is what mm. it is um you know but i mean brawl in cell block 99 it played. It was playing in the cinema that's actually nearest to me. It would have cost me eight pound eighty to see that in the cinema. It cost me five ninety nine to rent it on iTunes. And that's fucking brilliant. You know, yeah, you know. So that that that's the thing. Cinemas aren't going anywhere. They're not. Um, nope. There's no it way. Makes, it makes too much fucking money. Yeah, I mean, like, if if anything. <laughs> studios will push exhibitors to essentially give them a bigger a bigger slice of the pie in order to keep their stuff in cinemas but they will keep their stuff in cinemas disney are very very blatant in 
they don't want their shit premiering on VOD first. No. They they don't like they don't want that. Um, and the relationship between distributors and cinemas is poised in such a way that you know it, it, it makes no sense for premium VOD. To, I mean that that's the thing. I mean is it is it the question of Netflix or is it the question of premium VOD? Is it the question of forty quid to see a film? two weeks after it comes out in cinemas versus going to see it on the big screen. Well, that, that's it. That, that will happen soon. I mean, for instance, you had Brawl and Cellbot 99 and The Jungle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Released, both of them on iTunes to rent the same day as they were released in cinemas. Exactly. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. So, but they were only like 5 99 Exactly. If you're saying... It, I have to fuck it. I mean, what's an example? Um, Avengers Infinity War. Go see it in the cinema, or two weeks later, you can see it at home for 40 quid. Yeah. You go see it in the cinema. Yeah. I don't know what I would see, because it's, it's the price thing. I don't know what I would see for 40 quid at home, as opposed to going out to the cinema to see something, just because my Cineworld Unlimited card... If that was me, Lottie, and Donna going to see them, plus plus popcorn and whatnot, it would still be cheaper to see something in the cinema than watching it at home. And you get like you get time out of the house. You know, it's that's it. It's when it comes to twenty quid that it becomes more of a prospect. That's it. I, if the majority of things, the thing is, I, I I love going to cinema. Bex enjoys going to cinema with me, but very very much. If if we were sat at home and went right, do you want to go and see uh, Murder on the Orient Express? Is a prime example there. And she, and it was available for twenty quid or twenty five quid at home. She'd go, can we just watch it at home? If it was forty quid, it'd be like that's too expensive. That's twenty quid a ticket. That's double the price to go and see it. But if it was 25 quid, I'd probably say she'd probably be like, that's fine. That's, that's 25 quid is, is two tickets and two coffees. Well, we've got a coffee machine at home um, and we can sit and we can watch it. And out. what is it? So there'd be stuff like that. But then, but then again, I would still, if she was like, I'm not bothered about going to see it, if I could either watch it for 25 quid or go and see it on Wednesday morning on my own for 15 quid, 12 quid or whatever it's going to be, I'd still do that. Yeah, I don't, it, 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 I don't know. It's difficult. It's it's the fact that with premium VOD, they're saying a couple of weeks after it comes out in cinemas. Mm. So for casuals, that's probably a thing. For me, I'd be like, no, nah, I'll just go in the cinema so I can see it. Yeah. So the, the, cinema, the cinema is part of the experience for me. And, and I mean, the thing is, my Cinewide Unlimited card, I, I, um, I extended it last week. Through my work, I get 12 months for 150 quid. That's the thing. It, 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 it's nothing. It, it, if there's a cine world, and hopefully there's one opening around the corner from me uh, in the next 18 months, when that opens and I get a cine world card, I will go to the cinema more than I go now. And I go once a week, sometimes twice a week. I'll go loads because at the moment I'm going and it's costing me like anywhere from like, if I go on a Monday, it's a fiver. If I go on a Wednesday, it's a tenner. If I go on a Friday, it's 12 quid. No, I mean, yeah, no, quite. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, it 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 does get 
Has she gone to sleep, Don? Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, what's that? Oh, thank you. What's that? Oh, lovely. Thank you. Sorry, Mark. Um, no oh, nice decaf tea. Thanks, Don. Um, sorry? Rock and roll, yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, yeah, because the, the thing is, it's like I take a pun on going to see the films that I might not see. Like, I'm going to go see Professor Marston and the Wonder Women this week. Um, one night this week. Um, like me a bit of Luke Evans, like me a bit of Rebecca Hall, like me a bit of Bella Heathcote. Um, but if I didn't have a Cineworld Unlimited card, would I would you pay a tenner? see that? Exactly. And that's it. I'd probably go and see that if I could go and see it for effectively part of my subscription, technically free, you know, within that. I'd probably go and see that because it's I mean, I, I, the I cast is interesting. Cineworld lose money um, off me. No, easy. They lose yeah. money off me. Um, but fuck it. They make it available. So there you go. Um yeah, yeah. So uh, they, there you are. But oh, by the way, uh, just ever so slight, really quick tangent. The current Cineworld Unlimited ad has a list of films going down the screen at the uh, at the end of it. What's in the middle and the biggest? Star Wars. Insidious Chapter Four. Wow! Wow! It's got Star Wars and Four Ragnarok and stuff around it, but in the middle, in like the biggest font, Insidious Chapter 4, it was like, whoever fucking did the, the design for that, respect, because you were obviously taking the piss. Yeah, um, and, but, yeah. And February. February cannot come soon enough for that guy. Yeah, no, straight up, pumped. He's pumped. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got another question as well, haven't we? We do. We have a question from Noel, which is a part piss take question. Uh, saying what's the most overrated film of all time <laughs> what's this in response to um, it's in response to um, me retweeting something from Curtis Stigers because there's a question that's cropped up about and I've seen it a lot recently about saying what the, what's the most overrated band of all time and for some reason that question bugs the shit out of me I don't know why but it just irks me and Curtis Stigers responded to somebody who put it out saying Along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing slightly here, you know, those who can or um, aren't brave enough to create will always try and mock, blah, 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 blah. Um, and basically said, this question is utter fucking bullshit, which he's right, it is. And I sort of said, well done. And Noel said, hang on a minute, we talk about overrated films a lot. How is it any different? And I just responded to Noel and said, it's not at all. It's not different. But for some reason, that doesn't irk me. But the music one, does and part of it is is because at the moment i'm going through a bit of a I, I, I kind of i don't use social media anywhere near as much as i used to and part of it is because i think there's just an awful lot of fucking snark out there i see a lot of people going on about stuff that they don't fucking like or bitching about stuff or saying stuff shit then i do see people saying i watch this and it's fucking brilliant nobody's going on about how fucking hardly anybody's going on about how fucking amazing brawling cellbot 99 is but they'll happily say about how shit something is. And it, 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 it started to bug me. It started to get me down. <laughs> and so he's fucking taking the piss for this question. So, But I'm going to answer it. <laughs> so am I. What's yours? One Car Wise Chunking Express. Ooh, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Fucking do not... Do not know why people fucking come over that film. 
I mean, like to be fair, one car Y, I'm I'm very hit or miss with him as well because I, I, am as fe- well, so I, I say, yeah. I fell asleep on three separate occasions trying to watch Ashes of Time Redux, um, <laughs> and yeah, like fucking Chunky Express, man, just no. And I watched that when I was in my fucking like either in uni or just out of uni, proper fucking dickhead film snob kind of days yeah. as well and um but yeah no nah. nah, I'm, I'm intrigued what's yours man <sighs> you see the thing is i want to say something like return of the jedi but it's not okay. overrated because loads of people really fucking love it mm. it's just that's this is my point of why i don't actually like the question because i would say that but then when i think about it, i think well actually no it's not it like it so the question should be: Name a film or band that you don't like that everybody that, lo- that loads of people like. Well, it's just I, 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 that is a better way to word it. So the most overrated movie of all time is probably something. It's probably Titanic. No, it's not. It's Avatar. Is the most overrated movie of all time because actually it's a bit crap. It. The thing is, it was when it was released. Like, when it was released, I would have said that, but now... It's kind of derided. Yeah. And it's almost, like, people who like it are the brave ones for saying that they like it, and it's... No. I've A part of this, me me and Noel actually had the conversation this, and I think it might be on the last podcast, but I can't remember because I was quite drunk. I've never got why people love The Shining so much. Hmm. Okay. I don't know, I, 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 people people look at me literally like I've got two fucking heads when I say that. <laughs> but I've just never got it, and I've, I've, I've tried. There's movies where I, I don't get, and I've tried. And this probably isn't answering Noel's question, but fuck it. <laughs> uh, that, I've never got Sound of the Lambs. I've, I've, I've okay. tried. I've tried so many times, but every time it finishes, I just go, yeah, it's just, it's just melodrama. I don't get it. I don't get it. She's not great. She's not very good in it, and he's not very good in it. Brian Cox was a better Hannibal Lecter. I don't get it. But then people will shout me. I say, Do you know what? You're probably right, and I'm probably wrong. And I'm fine with that. But I just, I don't, I don't get it. But then again, I'm an idiot, so I'm fine with that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I, I, I genuinely think that that Autumn Time Machine. And Weekend at Burnies are two of the top 30 movies ever made. But so, Ken's proving I'm an idiot. And <laughs> every, I'm, I'm the one who's wrong about Science of the Lambs. I'm the one who's pretty wrong about Return of the Jedi. And I'm the one who's wrong about The Shining. But I'm fine with being wrong on those. Because I could do what a lot of people do. And when something is universally loved and say it's, it, it's amazing... And... and Film nerds do this a lot. I could go, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. But I secretly, in the back of my mind, go, I hope nobody ever realises that I don't like this movie. Mm. But I, I can't be bothered. It, I just, it's just some movies that I just don't fucking get. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. No, it's Chunking Express is just the one that comes up in my in my brain. Just see, I didn't get on with Chunking Express. Mm. I actually like My Blueberry Nights. I haven't seen that. No, it's I, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't mind it. However, Jude Law speaks with a Mancunian accent for no reason at all. He doesn't need to be from Manchester. 
Is it? Is that? Is it Nora Jones who's in that? Yeah, it's Nora Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Twenty forty six is cracking, and in the mood for love is fucking amazing, though. So, mm. you know. Um, incidentally, Tom, uh, Mr. Tom Ripley, actually comments on that and says, mm. uh, "In my honest opinion, it's Pulp Fiction top ten on IMDb. Ridiculous. Uh, but the top ten of IMDb is a ridiculous thing. IMDb mm. ratings are a ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that was it." I forgot to mention... Right, last tangent before we will finish this near three-hour show. <laughs> right? I forgot to mention this when we talked Thor Ragnarok. There was two guys sat behind us. We got in at Thor Ragnarok about ten minutes before the actual uh, advert started. And me and Beck mm. just sat there. Two guys behind us were going... And they were about... I would say they were about... Somewhere between 18 and 21. Okay. And were clearly... Marvel film fans because they were both wearing Marvel t-shirts right and one of them turned around the other one and said oh this is going to be really fucking good because um, it's got a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes and you don't get a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes without being really fucking good and Becky actually put a hand on my shoulder looked at me (laughs) and just went don't I'm going I, I had she not been there, I would have turned around and just gone, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you don't get a 98 wow. on Rotten Tomatoes without being really fucking good. Oh, God. I... I yeah. I, 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 you know, I was... I was having to just literally grab my keys and jam them into my other hand to stop me from jamming them into him. Nice. Anybody who fucking judges IMDb or Rotten Tomato ratings based on whether they want to watch a film or not. Fucking hell. If I was a filmmaker and I got a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, I'd go, well, I failed then, haven't I? (laughs) Come on. I failed. I have failed. I have failed. At making a film i have essentially made i've essentially made a mcdonald's cheeseburger <laughs> universally everybody will indulge in it but but in in five years time it will just be an afterthought that's uh that's harsh it, it, it is but it's true it's not hard to get a 98 fucking rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just not. It, all you have to do is have a bit of buzz and not be shit. You can be a passable movie and get a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, anyway. It's me searing the ship, isn't it? Right, so that was episode 232, which is near fucking three hours long. I mean, like, to be fair, Patreon people are getting... About three hours. Yeah. Like the listeners are getting, are getting two hours 45 two minutes. Two hours 45, two hours 50, yeah. yeah. Which, which on a one review show. <laughs> we have quite given you, We have given you, we've given you something fucking special. The world gave us only the brave and we gave you three hours of talking about Sorority Row. <laughs> and... <laughs> and just, and just fucking just tangents so yes feels like vintage dude in the monkey this no yeah yeah no we don't like to be fair it's been a couple of weeks and i think we just had quite a lot to say tonight so yep. uh, well, I've, yeah well i've thoroughly enjoyed it what are we covering next week ian 
Okay, so Justice League's out next week. So, oh, of um, course it is. So we'll have, we'll sure, have Noel on. Yeah, and I'm sure Noel will be on. Um, I'm Asking also... what his most overrated film of all time is. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm also hopefully going to get to the Florida Project. Um, so I'll talk about oh, that next week. Yeah. Uh, like Limited release this week. It's literally playing in Newport. It was playing in the Cineworld in Newport. That's mad. Like yeah, apparently like they're they're gonna they're aiming to expand it out to more cinemas this week. It plays uh, Chapter Art Center in in Cardiff um, from next Friday, so I'll see it somehow. But yeah, so Florida Project. Um, also, Good Time, the um, Robert Pattinson film. Um, oh yeah, that comes out. I think exclusively in Curzon Cinemas and Curzon Home Cinema. So I'm gonna watch that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the main review will be Justice League, but if you get to either of those, then Coolio as well. I swear yeah. there's, I swear there's something else next week as well. Two ticks. I, I won't be long. Um, there is the something is, else. What the fuck is, is it? Daddy's home. That has, um, like previews. Um, so Ingrid like, goes West. Ingrid goes West. That was it. Yeah. That's out. So, um, yeah, which I, 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 which I will probably see at some point as well. But at the very least, we will talk about Justice League. Yeah. Noel will be on. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Cool. That, yes, so that was episode 232. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, we certainly, I, know, I certainly enjoyed recording this one. Indeed. Uh, which I always do, but this was, this was a lot of fun, this one. Um, so, yeah, um, do the monkey. Check out the Patreon uh, slash do the monkey. Uh, at Ian Loring, at Dude Falls, at Dude the Monkey, do the monkey at gmail.com. Don't think there's anything I'm forgetting. Thank you very much for listening, guys, and we shall speak to you next week. <laughs>